Guys, guys, guys. Magic. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative Intel Podcast, brought to you by us over at ADZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. You looking shit up on the Internet, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who dreams of owning a moped. It's Mark. Hello. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, we watched 2016's A Dark Song, which was a Jake Yes. Pick? Yes. Jack, you picked <laughs> this movie. It. I can't believe Nailed you've already it. forgotten. <laughs> and so we will dive all the way into that real soon, and when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the nonsense right out of it. And hey, we do have a Patreon right now, but we are not where your money should be going in these trying times. And so as they have been for the better part of the last year, all of our Patreon proceeds are going to a worthy cause that's currently feeding America. Uh, and so if you want to pop on over to patreon.com slash A-T-O-Z horror, you can support the show at your level of choosing, get some cool perks, and know that your money isn't going to us, but is instead going to a much more worthy cause. And if you don't want to do that, hey, that's cool too. We just appreciate you listening, but do consider doing what you can to support a worthy cause. Black livesmatters.card.co remains a good compilation of uh, resources and ways you can help fight racial and systemic injustice across the country. But if you need a little escapism right now, hopefully you can have some fun in horror with us for the next little bit, and you know what that means. It's time to do getting drunk part, so let's go. Let's do beers for fears. Those were almost words. Mark, what are your beers for these say, beers? Did you, did you beat us <laughs> to the punch here, man? Um, <clears throat> I got two locals this week. The first is a layup, so I'm going to go with that one. I've had this before, um, but they, they basically more or less name check this in the movie. Not quite. I'm drinking a revenge double IPA. She sure. is motivated by vengeance, which is one of the like turning points, the twists of the movie. Um, sure. That one's made a couple appearances before and is easy to shoehorn into most. So I also went the extra mile, got another one from Red Rock, which is also here in Salt Lake City. I'm drinking a golden halo. Uh, blonde ale. This is like a Belgian thing. Um, <laughs> obvious reasons. There is this yep. movie heavily features a massive golden halo affixed to Very a massive big. golden angel. And right in the uncanny valley. <laughs> yeah, right. I like how you say it heavily features. Heavily features for <laughs> I mean, a minute at the end. Heavily features by 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 weight. I mean, but not by that, number. That, I you know get you. I mean? That angel's definitely bringing the thunder. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, heavens, yes. Heavens, yes. I like it. <laughs> I am drinking a local beer as well, local here to Boise. Uh, Jake, Jack. I wonder if you are aware that this one is currently on. It's a Woodland Empire beer. It's part of their mixtape series. This is a vanilla malted milkshake IPA. It's a lot. Um, and it is called Swallow My Pride. That um, sounds because- gross. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Mark. I've cracked it open. I don't like it. Um, I don't know if I don't think it's badly made. I like Woodland Empire very much. Well, don't whatever. Like their their mixtapes and their B sides are like super experimental. They're like fifty, pretty fifty fifty shot on whether I like those ones. So I don't. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a beer that ended in milkshake IPA that I liked. Oh, it's okay. a weird I, subgenre of things that exist yeah. in like weird frequency, yeah. and they're never good. They're never ever you. good. I agree. Does it have lactose um, in it? But it does, yes. Yeah. Um, that's but like, I'm drinking yeah, that's this necessity. Okay. Because this movie is about this woman eventually learning to swallow her pride and not mm-hmm. wanting to seek revenge, but eventually forgiveness. And then also at one point she's forced to swallow other things, which is very unpleasant. Um, but oh, just because it uses the word swallow. Yeah. 
You're going for blood, right? Is there a scene I'm forgetting? No, blood. blood. Okay, good. It's blood. It's not semen. Uh, But multiple, multiple times with the same blood. Uh, Jake, what are you drinking? Okay, whatever. We'll get into that. Um, I am drinking two beers, neither of which are from here. Uh, I had a little bit of of a tough time, uh, for whatever reason, beering this movie. One I went with is Dark Star from Fremont. This is an Imperial Stout that you guys are both pretty familiar with. We all oh, yeah. like this beer. Uh, and I and obviously the dark part, a dark song, Dark Star. They are doing some dark things when it comes to magic and ritualistic stuff, the occult. And there really is a scene where the main character played by uh, Steve Orem Solomon is just like sitting there looking up at the night sky. So it reminded me of that. The one that I sought well, I didn't seek it out. I the one that I picked first when I was at the beer store picking mm, the beer. The story's for this movie falling apart. Is a farmhouse ale because this takes place more or less in like a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in Wales. And this is uh yeah, it's a Belgian farmhouse ale mixed with white wine yeast called Very, Very Far. Uh and they are very, very far away ostensibly from civilization. And on top of that, I really picked this because it's the the feeling that this movie leaves me with is just you're so detached and isolated that I couldn't steer clear of that beer. So there you go. Yeah, I buy that. I also like steer clear of fear. (laughs) What a turn of phrase. (laughs) Pretty solid. This movie is full of good turns of phrase. Uh, Either way, good work all around, boys. And drinking beers and watching a dark song isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. We might have also experienced some other shit in the horror world. But let's uh, let's get this way. Let's get this out of the way right up front. Let's just do it. Just do it. We we had a lost episode. A bit of a lost episode. Jake fucked up. (laughs) Some technical difficulties. Whatever. I'm swallowing my pride. After about 26 minutes, Mm. and uh, there was just no way to salvage it. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna circle back on Evil Dead Two because it's a fun movie to talk about. We're mm-hmm. gonna figure out how to shoehorn that in in our in best true episode A to Z by far, horror bar fashion. none. The thing uh, is, it actually was. <laughs> Jake liked it. I thought it was middling, so we'll see how it turns. Hey. <laughs> That's about par for the course. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna circle back on it at the end of this crop, and and we'll we'll see what happens. We'll bring you something special. Yeah, and all that to say, I'm not going to talk about everything I've watched because we had the omnibus. It's like it's been a long time since we've talked uh, what we've been watching, and I had a week off there where I watched a shitload of stuff, and then I've been watching more stuff since. So that would just take forever. So I'm just going to repeat uh, what we talked about because it also included um, some of the paying up on beers for fears. So let's start with paying up on lost beers for fears. Let's cue that sound effect. Mm, beer. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. What an idiot! You suck, you duckass! All right, Jake, what do you got to talk about in paying up on Lost Beers for you Fears? You son of a bitch. I was trying to get ready. How do you do <laughs> you, this? This is, like this is like your one skill. It's like your one skill. That's, you that's motherfucker. The they, they teach you that in lawyer school. Of just like, oh, oh my does someone God. seem unready? Go to them he, first. Yeah, he knows. I also like that this is primarily a reference to last week's episode that did not get released. So, <laughs> Jesus And the Christ. Omnibus. You knew that on the, the Omnibus, too, that I was scrambling yeah. for a music thing. <laughs> I forget what the what movie this even was because we haven't updated it in our tracking sheet that we keep. But the poll get that the hell out of here. No, it's seriously. Fine. Seriously. The, the poll is over. And what happened was the movie. So, you, Mark... Jack and I tied for the loss on this one, okay? We both took the L, and you created a poll with three Mumblegore movies. movies the Sacrament. Did. The Sacrament. Okay, so this is was for the love. Sacrament. Oh, it fucking is in there. Um, actually, no, the winner. <laughs> the winner's not, so we're both kind of right. We're half right. We're both half right, okay? 
Great. We agreed. I love it. The one that won was Murder Party, but one of our patron members remembered somehow that I talked about that in some prior year's Rocking Horror World segment. Eerie sense of recollection. It's, I don't, I barely remembered watching that movie. Jesus Christ. Anyway, he was like, hey, I wanted to hear Jake's thoughts on Baghead. So I watched Baghead and not Murder Party. Jack, you nice. can watch Murder love Party. It. It'll be like a twofer for the patron members. I Well, for everyone to hear our thoughts on, but for their twisted pleasure. Anyway, I watched Baghead. <laughs> this is a Duplass Your Brothers movie. Needs. Um one uh I don't it's hard to talk about. This is the best thing that I can say about this or the most apt, I suppose, is that this is pr- this is the most mumblecore mumblegore movie I can imagine that I've ever seen. It, it, if you want an example of what mumble gore is, then I am offering this one up. <laughs> okay. That's nice. that's where I'm going with it. It's one of the first ones that was made, if you're to dive into the annals of Wikipedia genre like lists, it is one of the first mumble gore movies on record. And it's, and, like I said, and, a Duplass speaking, Brothers movie. Speaking hypothetically, that may have been uh, why this landed on the pole for mm-hmm. Mumblecore movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, interestingly enough, it wasn't the first. I can't remember what it was. It was like the second one on there. Oh, Cannibal but... Holocaust. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No. <laughs> in any in any case, you can see there's a couple interesting things to talk about with this one. You can see the like muscles being worked out that eventually became creep for sure, and. I thought this was really interesting. It's it's obviously going to be a super polarizing movie. I cannot think of many people that exist that I would recommend this to. But you two would be among the small group that I would. I I think this is if you're into horror, like this is an interesting movie. It is incredibly low budget and you kind of know what you're getting into now with just the knowledge of what mumblecore means. I'm Bumble still more. not sure I'm up to date this is, on that one. Actually, I, well, then you should watch this movie because this is what that is. <laughs> this is more mumblecore than mumblegory, I will say that. But oh, okay. I, Interesting. I, under, I mean, again, like I said, it's it's one of the first ones on record, and really that name is just a clever way to say that it's a mumblecore movie that has a horror story, uh, and that's that's really what this is. It's not gory, so don't go into it thinking that it will be, but it's sure. an interesting little movie if you're into listening to 20 or 30 somethings talk about inane things without much of a plot just kind of going for that ride <laughs> it's weird that we might think that people who listen to our podcast might be into listening listening to 20 somethings talk about inane things when they're just spending their time listening to 30 somethings talk about inane things yep there you go it's a perfect fit maybe all of our listeners should watch this one that's what oh, i saw I it was like wait hold on hold on hold on is our podcast mumble gore no <laughs> are we ourselves mumble Gorecore, bad mumble gorecore. I don't know. Well, I mean, we're <laughs> that's not... like you're getting into like musical genres now. I thought you Jesus. Okay. I don't know. What's okay, happening. Jake, is that all you got to pay up on for lost beer? Yeah, for lost beds. Okay. Yeah, are we uh, shoegaze? Got... What is shoegaze? Two to talk about, Mark. <laughs> I will have none of it. We're death dream. Um, first, <laughs> I lost the poll for Terrifier. Um, and one of the, I think they all tied for which one I could uh, watch. So I watched, uh, wrinkles. The clown was one of my options. It is freely available on like basic Hulu. Um, (laughs) it's a documentary, which I didn't know going in. Um, (sighs) it's actually really fucking good. It's a really cool documentary. Highly recommend. Yeah. I mean, okay. Number one. I'm still really into any just 90-minute documentary that isn't stretched out into an unnecessary six- or eight-part docuseries. Oh, Jack, I have so. some documentaries I can re- recommend you that will get you hard <laughs> off of that point. 
Excellent, excellent. This is also about Wrinkles the Clown, which was a thing apparently in Florida in like the 2016 era, like before the the like before creepy clown sightings. Yeah, before that and during it. I feel like those um, were 2016, yeah. They were, yeah, but before so that was, and that during That was five it. years ago now. I know, Jesus. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Okay. The the what actually happened is there were like posters around Southern Florida of like call Wrinkles the Clown if you've got kids misbehaving and he'll come fuck them up and scare some shit into them so they like get their shit together. Um, and it is an interview with Wrinkles the Clown and a story about it. There's a twist in here. I don't want to spoil it too much because it is a really interesting twist that drops halfway through uh, the documentary, but it's like a reality twist because it's a documentary it's really interesting i liked it a lot it's got like exit through the gift shop vibes you know kind of town shit (laughs) wrinkles the clown actually kills himself in episode two it's it's pretty (laughs) fascinating but like they they so it's it's really interesting i don't want to spoil it too much it's a good documentary it's free on basic hulu i recommend it uh it's it's definitely worth a watch i was very (laughs) happy to have watched it i'm not gonna lie jack when you started i was like dude you already talked about this <laughs> yeah, no shit. It took me like ten <laughs> seconds. It, ten seconds. I'm not shitting you. Uh, the other one I've got to pay up on is uh, I lost for The Conjuring Two, uh, so I had to watch Ma. I'm not sure what the thinking that's there, Mark. But either way, they were uh, other. All of them were other um, Blumhouse. Oh, Blumhouse. Movies. Okay, nice. That all yeah. released in 2020, by the way. Actually, oh, interesting. <laughs> Blumhouse had a weirdly big year in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For. For the year that was 2020? Ma- Wait, mocking on 2020? That might have been oh, yeah. late 2019. I can't remember now. No way. Either really? Way, yeah, I think so. Google Don't look Google. at it like ah, a festival release. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Like so real fine. release? Recent recent Blumhouse movies. Then. Yeah, came out in 2019. Yeah. Real? Um, okay. Like really, middle really, of 2019. Like not even close to 2020. I'm bad, I'm bad <laughs> at this game. <laughs> what well, was a lost year, so whatever. All right, either way, this is a movie. It's mostly just a movie starring Octavia Spencer, who plays Ma, who's like this this seemingly kindly woman who first buys beers for some teens who are looking to party and then offers them a place to come party, that being her basement, and then horror ensues. Um, this movie is a lot of fun. Octavia Spencer's performance is the reason to watch it. She is delightful and creepy and fucking just like lunacy. It's crazy. Um, it's not the best movie I've ever seen. I'm, it's not a must-watch. Watch, but it is fun to throw on if, if you're interested. It's worth a watch. It's not like great, but it's good enough. Eh. So make sure it's free first. Yeah, but yeah, don't pay for this one. It's yeah. not. It's not a pay for. But yeah. I also think it's really cool that like Octavia Spencer apparently did this because she said, "I j- I want to do something different. I'm tired of these like really you know dr- dramatic. <laughs> I'm tired of roles. doing math on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and hidden figures or like the help and shit. She's tired of that kind of role. She's like, I want to do something fun and buck wild, and she did it." She nailed it. Um, so, good movie. Glad I watched it, too. I think, I think Octavia Spencer is one of those people who's just going to nail it, regardless of what you put her in. It, it's, it's becoming increasingly clear that that's the case. Yes. Mark, what you got? Yeah, I got one that I want to talk about, which is Jacob's Ladder. So, Jake talked about this one a number of weeks ago. We both like lost months four ago, dude. dog soldiers. Uh, and this was either last november or four and a half years ago something along yes. those lines <laughs> i do not remember the theme of the poll uh but somehow jacob's ladder and dog it was Soldiers war-or. became related war or the poll was war oh okay that makes a little bit more sense than yeah. i would normally give myself credit for um i decided i pulled an audible uh to not watch the tim robbins jacob ladder from 1980 whatever 
and instead watch the new Netflix version uh, because it was, I think, left ambiguous. Um, if it wasn't, then I apologize. But I still wanted to bring a little bit of freshness, hot new freshness uh, to this <laughs> segment. So Jake already weighed in on Jacob's Ladder, the Tim Robbins version. I famously said that I'm pretty sure I remember the twist, but also I fell asleep for most of that movie. So <laughs> I probably yep. don't remember the twist. That's what you're famous um, for. Here's here's what my stance is on the uh, I guess this was 2019. It might have been last year. I can't Jesus remember. Jesus Christ, point. dude! Impossible. Whatever. It's the impossible. Netflix, the Netflix Jacob's Ladder version is a faster burn than the Tim Robbins version. Hard not. It's to be. much more, as far as I recall, it is much more of a relationship like love triangle, dramatic thing than the much more con- contemplative and like mental psychological horror that was the original Jacob's Ladder. I actually I enjoyed this movie for for what it was. I, I mean, it's it's very clearly we don't really have made for TV movies anymore, but this is like a made for Netflix type movie. So it does kind of have that that zhuzh around it of maybe it's a little bit over dramatized. It feels a little bit like you're watching a sitcom. The Ugh. writing is slightly stilted, but I do think it's a nice change of pace. Michael Ely and Jesse Williams headline. They're the two like main roles and they right. sure. do a good job with the script that they're handed. So <laughs> I mean, overall, Yikes, I, I, you guys are making this seem like I'm setting this up on a worse platter than I mean to be. You're making it seem like you're saying as much good things as you can about a movie you didn't really like. I wouldn't say good things about a movie I didn't like. Okay. What would you is say? Is my point uh, here. I'm about to in the regular Rocking Horror World Okay, segment, well, I so. generally wouldn't. I mean, I do like to sing. I, I do like to give credit where it's due, but like, this is a entertaining, mediocre movie. I mean, okay, that's fine. is really what that boils down to. If you're if you're looking for a little bit of a change of pace, maybe you want a little bit of that relationship drama like sprinkled into your horror movie, then yeah, go give Jacob's Ladder a watch. See if it stacks up to the the <laughs> the, the the Tim Robbins classic, okay. which I should probably go and watch and see how well the two align. Because frankly, at this point, I cannot tell you. Well, if they're the two okay. Are even remotely okay. Similar. There there was a twist at the end of this film, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, it's I mean, it's not at the end. It's like. Probably two thirds. Two thirds of the way through. Yeah. Okay. It's where a twist um, should be, unless you're. We're not gonna. Moment. We're not gonna say what it was. I'm. I'm guessing it was the same twist, but not necessarily the same flavor of the same twist. Like it would have been in the same package if it were candy, but a different flavor. Possibly. Yeah. This would be like the orange starburst to the lemon starburst. That would be the Tim. Lemon. Lemon is the second best flavor of Starburst. The, we're not having the Starburst argument on this fucking podcast. You guys are psychos. Well, hold on, Jack. What is? Are we talking only uh, original Starburst, yes. or are we yeah, bringing in the every other, other yes. one? It sucks. That, okay, well, we can agree on that part. That's just oh wrong. my god. Oh my oh, god. This, we, we can agree on apparently literally nothing. So <laughs> original no. Starburst is the worst package of Starburst. That's not true. That oh, is the you are a madman. Yeah, you're, you're, the, you're the worst. Madman. You're the worst take. Your take is disqualified. It's so bad. <laughs> that's Jacob's Ladder. It's available on Netflix. All right. What else you got, Mark? To pay up. Uh, that's it for beers for fears. All right, let's cue that sound effect. Cue Not for beers for fears. Let's cue the sound effect. Ah, shut up! It's a sound effect. Of some cue type. something. Scatman's world. All right, I got a bunch to talk about, so I've got what? Thunderstruck. Uh, three, four to talk about. Jake, how many you got to talk Thunder about? Here? One. Well, Thunderstruck. Okay. 
<laughs> Come on. Mark, how about yourself? I mean, technically, I have seven, but I'm not going to Okay, why don't we do this? Them. Let's go Jake, Jack, Mark. Why don't we do that? Yeah, I'm not going to talk about all of these. I'm going to save some of these this. for later. You better Ascending order. This. Jake, what you got? Well, it has made a lot more sense in that episode that no longer exists, but I watched the original Evil Dead. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I wanted to like double feature that because okay evil dead 2 is kind of like building off of the same and in a lot of ways it's the same movie as the original even dead evil dead it's right like now. kind of a remake <laughs> yeah, we got into that in the podcast that no longer exists we got into all yeah, of did. it i'm not gonna yeah, do it we right solved now because this is supposed Listener, to be very quick fully this is solved su- that this riddle. is supposed to be quick uh i wanted to go back and check out what they did with like 10 percent of the budget that they eventually had for Evil Dead 2. Um, and my takeaway was that I'm happy I did it. I don't know that I need to see it again because Evil Dead 2 is so good. It's just Evil the, like, so the better, better version. Yeah. The, the areas where it's different, it's different in a way that I enjoy. It certainly blends the horror and And com- a tree doesn't sexually assault anyone. That's also a plus. It's also a plus. Uh, they blend the horror and comedy in like almost perfect balance in Evil Dead 2, whereas Evil Dead 1 is definitively a little bit more of like a slower and spookier romp with some comedy thrown in like definitively a little bit more definitively <laughs> a little bit more not like seven not like seven points out. more but like five to six you know what i mean Oof. yeah it's a good one i a- ash exists in his best ash form in evil dead 2 hell yeah hell yeah this is one tonight later on this is one that i i really wish I had gotten to before we did the Evil Dead cast, so maybe this is the Evil Dead 2 cast, so maybe this is serendipitous and I'll be able to do a like larger feature when we return to Evil Dead 2 at the end of this thing. Because I do want to... Re- I, I don't think I've seen Evil Dead 1 since... You sh- I mean, you should. I? I mean, you should. <laughs> it's cool. I, I like everything that they did still. Like, the stop motion is charming in its own way. It doesn't look as good and that's not necessarily a bad thing with stop motion. It gets away with a lot because it's so fucking cool to look at. Nice. But, yeah, Evil Dead 2 for me, man. All right. I like it. Um, So I've got a, a few to talk about here. I'll start at the ones that need less discussion, the first of those being The Shallows. Uh, so my lovely wife has been watching Gossip Girl because it's now all on HBO Max. Uh, and we, I was drinking whiskey. She was watching Gossip Girl. She turned to me and said, are there any horror movies with Blake Lively in them? And I said, are there ever? I'm going to need more whiskey. And then we <laughs> threw said, on The Shallows. There's exactly one. <laughs> <laughs> and... Blake Lively's very pretty. That movie is absolute garbage. On the whole, it's watchable. It's one of the stupid. <laughs> it's one of the stupidest things I have ever seen in my. But Blake life. Lively is very pretty, so works out. The resolution of that movie is literally is it, it's one of those things that fits the Adam Sandler rant, or well, not Adam Sandler rant, the judge of the Adam Sandler answer rant of you. Everyone in the room is now dumber. If you <laughs> yes. watch this movie, you will become dumber. Agreed. May Fully God agreed. have mercy on your soul. <laughs> exactly. Next, I watched a Shutter flick called Hunted. Uh, it's a Shutter exclusive. It's a 2020 movie. This is like a quote-unquote tell retelling of the Little Red, Ri- Little Red Riding Hood fairy tale, but it isn't at all. Uh, this is just a revenge story. Oh, not at all, huh? Um, not. I mean, not really. There's a woman who wears a red cape and runs through the woods. Um, okay, but that's how much. That's how much Braveheart is in it? None. No. She paints her face blue and yells at the screen. I mean, barely. That's some. That's not it's on none, the tr- it's, on, it's on the poster. It's not as featured in the movie. Okay. Um, th- I mean, look, this is a woman gets 
kidnapped and and would be assaulted um, by a guy, an asshole at a bar. Uh, some I, she's from France, I think, in some random European town. I can't remember where. <laughs> then she escapes from the car and runs through the woods, and her captors chase her. And then she flips the script and chases her captors, and revenge, gory, squirmy horror happens. Uh, it's pretty good. The the effects are pretty good. Uh, you've seen this before. This one isn't like bringing anything new to the table. It is more gory than I was expecting it to be. Oh, that's, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, I don't know yeah. that I expected gore from this one, but I also yeah, remember I, I almost nothing from the trailer. Framing it as a like reimagining of Little Red Riding Hood, and then the trailer that we got, I was not expecting gore. I was expecting more like fantasy stuff. Well, I fr- yeah, I pictured it would be like. Little Red Riding Hood reimagining with like a heavy dose of realism, but I don't know that I anticipated gore. There is gore. Okay. Uh, there is also absolutely beautiful cinematography. Is yep. there moving gore? on? <laughs> <Mark>. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> the next one I watched is contentious. <laughs> I watched The Color Out of Space. Hell yeah, dude! Motherfuck, Nick Cage is the worst actor. It's unbelievable how much he ruined this worst. movie. He, he absolutely ruins this otherwise pretty competently made movie. Wrong. I think everyone it's, likes this movie. It's true. It is shocking how bad he does not fit into the tone of this movie. Like this movie is interesting. It has some interesting stuff to say. It's got beautiful cinematography and really cool mm-hmm. use of color. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is taking it seriously and dramatically. Nick Cage is smarmy when he's supposed to be sincere. Then he's absolutely buckwild manic when he's supposed to be dramatic. I mean, that's it's normal. Lunas. Yeah, and it's it's the movie is unwatchable because of it. It starts off no, honey, gonna, come, let me make dinner. Oh, dude, I'm gonna have he's to type this one. The worst. This yeah. movie Jake should be good. The problem is I already kind of know. Right I I'm not as offended by Nick Cage as Jack is. So Yeah, Jack uh, is like straight up listener, I'm gonna use a term of art that we have in the industry, but Jack is a hater. <laughs> Literally anything that comes out of the Nicolas Cage quiver is going to be Jack terrible. doesn't even like Con Air. I love Con Air. Fuck you. Oh. What are you talking about? I was just testing you. You passed. Old Nick Cage was also a pretty decent actor. He wow. oozed slowly into his abject lunacy. He did have like a weird shift. I think I think um I'm stuck on Hollow Man. What the hell was the the, the Wicker Man? I think like literally broke him as an actor because because <laughs> well, there's like a dividing line between everything before that and everything. Well, did you after ever consider? Did like, you ever consider that like maybe he just doesn't want to give a fuck? I, he's getting hired to do something that like well, is they, kind of of his own. Him, unless unless you're making a movie where that fits the tone and not a dramatic movie that has an actual. Well, we're point. getting into we're th- these Don't are fucking these are existential but now he's issues. Got, now he's got his own shtick, and let's just put a pause on this because it's gonna come back up in February when we talk about Willy's Wonderland, and it's my number one, and it's Jack's bottom. <laughs> there is one. no fucking way that's your number one, dude. Do not say these words. What, really? dude? That movie looks awesome. Oh Jesus look, Christ! Look, <laughs> what the hell's wrong? Color out of you? space is a very cool story, a very beautiful movie, a movie that should be good, but is absolutely ruined by Nick Cage, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, lastly, and I don't think I've talked about, I mean, I think I talked about this on the last episode, but not prior to that. The Pale Door is the last one I want to talk about. This is a 2020 flick, uh, another Shutter exclusive. This is, I mean, ostensibly, this is a, like, a, a younger brother and his older brother live in the Old West, and... The older brother goes off to to be an outlaw and do shit, and the younger brother stays behind to work and try to save up enough money to buy the local saloon. And then his brother comes back and brings him on a heist, and they rob a train. And instead of gold, when they rob the train, they find a woman in a boxcar tied up. And uh, then it's kind of 
autopsy of Jane Doe-esque and the squad-esque from there. So it's like a weird combination of influences on it. Those are two things I am very (laughs) intrigued by. Yes. Don't throw those around lightly. I am not throwing them around lightly, and I want to be clear, I don't think it's as good as The Autopsy of Jane Doe, but it is at the squad level of quality, I think, so it's, I mean, it's a good movie, it's really interesting. Mark, I don't think you'll like this. Yep, that sounds right. (laughs) This is playing very heavily with, like, the old West tropes and Western movie tropes. Um, I mean, I think this was my bottom one that month. Wow, that was a bad call then. It's like, I mean, it's a very well-made movie. It was, it was, I think I specifically enumerated that this is just not my kind of movie. It's probably going to be fine, but I don't want to watch it. Uh, I mean, it's really good. It's doing some interesting stuff. I, I think it's really well-made. Um, and, and I like, after they find the woman, it progresses in a very interesting manner. And Whoa, I like spoilers. They find the woman? They find a woman. Oh, yes. my God. Um, they're expecting it's a whole Bleep it out. of gold, Jesus. and they find a woman. Uh, Jake, oh. I re- you should watch this. Kay. Mark, I don't think you will like this. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I got plenty of other uh, stuff to watch. Maybe I'll circle yeah. back on it. Yeah, that's all I've got to talk about. Mark, we're oh. long enough in the tooth already, so give us a power of your 12 movies or whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to go through all of them. We can save some of them for two weeks from now since we're doing HRR next week. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You're going to have... Um, oh, Jesus Christ. So first off, these were two movies that I watched before we recorded The Omnibus back in December. Um, <clears throat> I had to catch up on some recommendations from the previous year. I think both of these were Jake. First off, I watched Depraved, which is Larry Fessenden's take on the story of Frankenstein. Um, Jake, if memory serves, and it um, very infrequently does, I think you recommended this to me partially because I wanted to see it from the get-go and you had seen it and it was good. Um, and yeah. partially because I had seen like 900 movies that year. Yeah, um, it was the what do you get for the guy who's seen everything. Yeah, exactly. So these are the two that you that you got me essentially. This is this is a good movie. It's I mean, you should go and watch it. It's really not that much of a horror movie aside from the fact that it is a Frankenstein movie. So if you want to, it's available on Hulu. The movie the name again is Depraved. Um the the thing that I will probably remember about this movie a year, two years, five years from now is its insistence on using ping pong as a growth mechanic, like a measure what? of growth in like a montage sequence where you, you make a you, you make a Frankenstein and then you have to teach him to like walk do. and talk and do math and shit. Well, I guess in this case, you specifically also have to teach him to play ping pong. Well, wow. so, so they cross cut a bunch of these scenes of him like being a human with just like learning to replay the ball back to his master. Um, which is very sad in its own right, assuming you could just take one of those ping pong tables and like turn the other side of the table up so they can just play with yourself. You know, you could just do that instead of making a Frankenstein. <laughs> You're okay. acting like there was one ping pong sequence and there were more like six. But they weren't like super cut into one montage. No. Happened multiple times. The, the, the There's point more ping is, pong than you're giving as, it credit for. As, as that might, I'm not sure that is a, an endorsement. Jake. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's not. You're you're um, circling in on the bat on the worst part. I'm circling in on the best part, the most memorable part. Okay, whatever, um, whatever, whatever. I mean, the the funny thing is, like, this thing animates. He's like, "Do you know who you are? Do you know where you are? What's going on?" I'll, and then he's like, "Okay, let's go play some ping pong. I've been eating a partner for the last two months." Um, I. That is sillier than this movie actually is. This is a very like it's a serious drama about like relationships and stuff like that. It's it's a well made movie, 
and is certainly a departure from like your regular blockbuster type scarefest stuff. Um, so, I mean, I said this about the last movie I talked about, about um, Jacob's Ladder as well. But like, if you're looking for a little bit of a departure, this is a well-made movie. It's fun. I like to support Larry Fessenden. I'm not really sure why, but he's ever present but in the horror industry and I find him surprisingly charming. Delightful. So. Yeah, that's my point. That's my point. I'm not sure why I find well, him delightful. Well, no, no, no. I think okay. We don't need to belabor this too much. But uh, something that is objectively great about Larry Fessenden is that he's a gr- great example of a really important thing in horror, which is the kind of DIY ethos. Like that dude makes. He is yeah. super prolific. He has his own production company. Like he does a ton of stuff, and it's really good for the genre to have like new interesting stuff being made a lot of which he is involved with. He's insanely prolific. And I will always just be reminded of uh, Pod, right? I'm, pre- I'm yeah. fairly certain he was in Pod. Um, yes. <laughs> going back, I mean, I'm sure in like he was, but Keaton we're talking movie. five or six years ago now, sure. and my brain is mush. So um, just going back to that experience and watching that with you guys, and being like, this Larry Fessenden guy, I like that. That's fun. <laughs> the other one I watched is Starfish, uh, which is available on Amazon Prime. This is, just to get this out of the way, heavy recommend, uh, but the final thing I wrote about this movie is, I love this movie, it sucks. What a fucking weird pile of nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> those, are the, those are the last two notes that I wrote about this movie. Uh, Jake recommended this to me, I assume, because of its soundtrack. This is a thing that is driven Mostly. almost entirely through licensed soundtrack and bonkers visuals that go alongside it. So this is sort of like a post-apocalyptic meditation on grief and the process of going from, I have lost someone who I care about to, I still miss that person, but I'm able to like continue to live, which is itself like a very interesting process that unfortunately many of us are going to have to go through. And that paired with the soundtrack that, this has creates a pretty incredible like emotional experience aside from that one of the first sequences in this movie is uh the main actress like walking through the apartment of her um departed ex-girlfriend set to these few presidents by why why is one of my favorite bands of all time and these few presidents is one of their favorite songs or is one of my favorite songs and they they do i mean they basically like take the lyrics of that song and and recreate them on screen with almost exactly what is happening and as soon as that happened it just like clicked in my brain now there's this n- neuron pathway that forces me to love this movie because it injected a shitload of serotonin directly into my <laughs> brain so uh, i unfortunately i i'm chemically required to love this movie um but i i would kind of really like to revisit this with you guys to talk about it cuz there's a a lot to unpack. Here. I think it would there, make for a fun podcast. This thing is dense it's as hell. So Boy. weird. <laughs> if you if you have the inclination and the energy level and the attention span, you should pair this with I'm thinking of ending things and oh. just have a good Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. The fact oh, okay. You have what? anything else to say, Mark? I, I mean, I, I liked this movie a lot, but also taking a step back, this is going to be a hard one. To, this, this is sure. a hard one. Uh, it's, it's, again, the, the recommendations that I had made for you that year were that you had seen everything, and those were two recommendable movies for one, in one way, shape, or form that you hadn't seen. So 
Only to the people who can go real deep in the genre. I mean, I liked both of them. Good. <laughs> I like it, Mark. What else you got? Um, I'll finish up with, with one last one, which is your next. Uh, your next, per oh, our website yeah. and also per reality, is my favorite <laughs> horror movie of all time. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, I, I just own this one, so I watched it on Blu-ray, but I'm sure you can find it on VOD, or there might be a streaming site. I haven't VOD. checked. Um, it it stands up. It It's an incredible movie. One of our uh, listeners, I believe, sorry if I get this wrong, I believe this was listener Ty, who's a friend of the podcast, uh, pointed out to us recently on our last scary, uh, spooky Saturday that um th- this just went this just had its 10 year anniversary um roughly like the beginning of january or so so um i didn't really intend to watch it as part of its 10 year anniversary but i guess i did on accident everybody should go watch this movie because uh now it's 10 years old and is also one of the mumblegore classics it's a great movie yeah it it really really is um i don't need to belabor this point we've said belabor i think 7 times now so far this podcast so i also well, don't want to belabor the belabor time stamp things. mark Look at the timestamp, Mark. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just we're gonna we're gonna move past it. Everybody should watch your next. I like it. Let's go to the feature presentation. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2016's A Dark Song, which was a Jake pick. Jaco, talk to me about the pick. Uh, well, Jack, I like this movie a lot. <laughs> Rating spoilers. <laughs> I think this <laughs> we hadn't reviewed it. I think this was my movie. This was my movie of the year. I don't know why I'm saying it that way. This was my movie of the year from 2017. So I felt like revisiting it. It had been a hot second since I had witnessed what it is. And you hadn't seen it. So there was Accurate. a little bit yep. of a driving factor there as well. Uh, yep. That's the whole reason. All I of like it. it. Mark, what's your history with this flick? I... Don't know if this was an omnibus recommendation or just a general recommendation, but based off of Jake being over the moon on this movie, I have seen it before. Um, I think it ages particularly well. Maybe we'll get back into this, but if we don't, I, I mean, the point the point I think we'll be circling around for most of this thing is that it's a very that's very dense with details, and that makes for a very fun rewatch of just stuff you can pick up on and tiny little visual i mean they fucking draw out all of these elaborate designs and stuff on the floor and re-watching that and just like knowing that there was this love and attention to detail built into it has has really shown through um the funny thing is like i this movie in my brain is so heavily intrinsically associated with jake because <laughs> this is like this is just like jake's movie aside from from <laughs> dust till dawn i'm interested in why that is we can get into that i mean you'd prefer now I think it just, the weird thing about this movie is I think it just, and this happens to all of us, I think it just got under your skin in a weird way that sticks into your brain. I don't disagree with it because, spoilers for me as well, it's a very good movie, but this is just one of those ones that I feel like you go back to, for examples, like all the fucking time. (laughs) Yeah, you do mention this one quite a bit. Yeah, well, I'm very happy to have seen it. I had not seen it before. It wasn't spoiled for me, and I'm very excited about all of that. Um, I'm glad it wasn't Or at least it wasn't spoiled for me in a manner in which i remember it i don't know yeah i was gonna say i'm pretty sure we did spoil this and uh, you were also drunk at the time also i'm not sure i don't know i'm not sure how much the spoilers matter in this one i think it depends on the particular spoiler yeah i mean there you could ruin you you couldn't ruin the movie but you could make it substantially less enjoyable than going in blind right 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 i mean yeah you could basically say we've said the spoiler tag at this point right spoilers dude spoilers uh you could basically say like 
there's a gigantic guardian angel at the end of this movie and it still wouldn't really spoil it because of just like the visual approach that they take to that doesn't yeah that part doesn't really matter either i fully disagree boys we are coming Eh. dangerously close to just talking about this thing and we can't do that yet because jake picked this movie and that means you have to give us a 30 second plot synopsis 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock it's gonna start when you start A grieving mother seeks out an occultist to help her try to reconnect with her son who was murdered in the past. She gets a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in Wales and finds a man. His name's Solomon. They lock themselves in, and basically what you see is them going through the months of really rigorous occult shit that is related to the Book of Abermelon. It's like the Aleister Crowley stuff. Stuff goes down. Eventually, he dies. She is in the depths of it, but she ascends finally to meet her guardian angel. And what she really wanted was for time to be able yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, I think you missed the. Like, she, her, she tricks him, right? She says, I want to just talk to my son, and the angel will help me do that. She doesn't, I don't know that she really tricks him. I don't think she's, she like, does. seeking out. She, I mean, she lies to him. That's she, yeah, she lies the tricking, the tricking implies that she's, like, seeking to withhold that for a reason, and I don't think that that's necessarily. I mean, she is, because she, she thinks that she has to be, like, pure, honorable, j- mm, just. Mm, okay, okay, if that's the, if that's the angle, uh, uh, maybe. And then, and then, turns out she actually wants the angel to go kill the the to, to revenge. Yeah, she is yeah there's erroneously tricking him. There, yeah, there's multiple <laughs> sequences of like withholding in this, and this, yeah, sure. It's like she gets there's off a- on being withholding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he does. <laughs> Hi, oh, we'll get to that later. Very strange. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but and then. She doesn't end up asking the angel to kill someone. She asks for forgiveness. This is this is a hard one to do a 30-second plot synopsis on for a very specific reason, which is that you can easily summarize this movie in either 15 seconds or 45 seconds. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought. Like, I was going into it being like, this is probably going to be like a 20-second, and I'm going to have to, like, stretch it out. And I didn't do it correctly to that end. So <laughs> by the, I was, like, at 25 seconds, and I hadn't said some of the things that I should have. It, it happens. Yeah. What a fun segment we made. (laughs) It's gymnastics, Uh, man. And before we dive all the way into this, we got to talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into, except four, and I guess I'll take that one. That's the one you're going to take when you do your dumb shit that you do? Lay up. (laughs) Okay. Supernatural. Yep. And that's it. Uh, I mean, I guess sort of religious elements of it it has a lot of interesting stuff to say about religion. I I I think that this movie, the way this movie unfolds is I'm not sure this movie really has a lot of stuff to say about religion as much as it's just like based on the book of a Bremelin and Aleister Crowley stuff. I think some of the the imagery and also some of that book of a Bremelin stuff is indicating that like in terms of all this supernatural religion stuff, like every culture has gotten some bit of it right, but nobody's gotten all Mm. of it right. Right. Like there's bits and pieces. The. Yeah, the that have been you know like Christianity got some of the shit right, and a bunch of different religions got some of the shit right, but nobody's totally right about the it. The other thing, the which, other subgenre. Oh my god, can you guys just not hear me? Yes, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, dude. This is a regular amount of crosstalk. Have you not no. listened to our podcast? This is before? this is advanced crosstalk. <laughs> <laughs> Say am your I, thing. Now. Am I good? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm, uh, are, you, are you sure? Yes. The other thing that I think we can't pass up here in terms of subgenres is that the way this plays out is like a lot of psychological horror films. This is psychological, even though it's not necessarily how it ends up on the yeah, surface. Sure. It's a psychological I still don't, horror film. I still don't 
fully understand what that subgenre is. I feel like we can just put psychological. Well, you have you have like everything. the is there a trustworthy narrator? Not narrator. Is there are the characters trustworthy? Is there a descent into their like own psyche and madness? Like all of that is present in this film. And then, like, are you? Is it even clear something supernatural is happening? Right. And it, I mean, that's a, a that's a central movie. part to what makes this movie tick. Is that exact question? Yeah. I don't think we have this on here, and I'm not sure. Well, hold on. Let me control F this. I, I do feel like it, what should be, cool. we don't. I, I feel like we probably want something that would be like atmospheric, because this is a heavily atmospheric movie, and that sure. does have its sort of like own zhuzh to it, its own brand. Sure. I'd be fine with adding that. Yeah. You also so. just saw Starfish, so I think that's bleeding in. <laughs> I mean, and that would also fit into this category. Mm-hmm. There's some of those ones that just like, you know, get off on their like sort of visual style and just feeling oppressive and like sort of yeah. depressing. Oh, this yeah. movie is oppressive. Yeah. Yes. Well, exactly. And that's why I bring it up. Maybe that should that's... transition us into what the movie does right. Yes, let's do that. Let's so do, Mark. So do. Okay, I got a bunch of stuff written down. Uh, the first thing that uh, I would like to talk about is the music which is sort of just to say the sounds <laughs> that are associated with this. The, um, it is tonal. It is musical. There's a lot. Well, there's it's, like three or four different tracks that just kind of underplay everything, but it's like this like whining drone of a of a string bass or a cello or a something. Cello. There's like a... It's yeah, so just kind of always happening. There's another <laughs> one that's sort of like a distorted tuba that's probably just like synth, but... Like a deeper, like dr- like like drubbing thing. Um, mm-hmm. I can't think, and I, I mean, Starfish is in a different bucket because that was yeah. all licensed music. Those were bands creating music. This is like a soundtrack for a movie that is underpinning the mood. I can't think of a more aptly created yes. soundtrack, really, yes. for a horror movie it, than this. It reminded me of two movies. I think had an similar level of soundtrack that fits the tone of the movie well one is it follows and two was um hereditary not in that the sound was similar but that in it was it accompanied it so seamlessly exactly. it, it was exactly. it was so symbiotic but actually that like the the bass weird or cello like mm-hmm. string the that's kind of similar to they did a lot of that in hereditary sure yeah, it's, yeah it's, it doesn't sound like a hereditary it, i agree it hits probably a notable different. that this preceded hereditary the thing yes. that really stuck out to me was that like the mu- the music that goes along with it I can't think of many examples that are like this but it surpasses me listening to something that's happening accompanying the movie and it becomes like this guttural thing that just it's it's hard to describe like it <laughs> like infiltrates my whole body and soul it is yeah, fucking crazy <laughs> that's what is really intriguing about it because yeah. it's it's very animalistic yeah you know and and in a, in a movie where you're like focusing on like base naturalism mm-hmm. i don't even know if that's really the right words to use to describe it but like this thing that exists beyond humanity and beyond our own spirituality and all this other stuff like the thing that is the basic truth about beings the the feelings that the music enumerates is like exactly dead on perfect and the reason i had this written down first was because it's also you get this from the first scene all the way through the end of the movie yep like it's it's tip to tail it's soup to nuts and it is exactly what you want for the mood to for the thing to set the mood yeah and let's call out the composer here his name is ray Harmon. 
apparently. He appears to be a pretty <laughs> prolific like film and TV composer. Kay. Just looking at his IMDb, he's got like a few hundred entries on well, it. I was, was going to say, Jack, uh, it's really good for you to call out the composer, but then if you say apparently afterward, it, it kind of undercuts you. The previous I don't. Research I I get that, but like <laughs> whatever. People that are listening to this have probably seen the movie, and if they haven't, they're getting it. How much we're gushing over it. Like this is for what this movie was. This was perfect. The sound, the the the, mu- the music that accompanied what this was was perfect. And like you said, Mark, it hit it from the first scene. Like there's a lot to be said about pulling you into what a movie is, and it opens on the super desolate, moody, barren landscape that you have out there in Wales, and that thing just hits and when it does like i get chills thinking about it it's it's very effective yes, yes. very good um the and, and i mean going along with that is just the overall tone of this movie mm-hmm. it is very specific yeah. very intentional and very consistent i mean they 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 know what they're doing they know what they're going for and it, they execute it very well and it's a hard one to describe like, I think you kind of need to see this because that's ultimately what this movie is. It is the first thing that I wrote down and I had big bullets, sub three sub bullets to atmosphere. It was the soundtrack. It was the locations and it was the sets. I kind of split those two up because the location is more, you know, broad than the set is mostly what that country, the farmhouse was. Um, sure. I mean, the cinematography and lighting of it's very big as well. Nothing, yeah, it like, helps. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's I... There's a lot of visual storytelling with, like, there's only, the only light is coming from the door, which is, like, framed to the far right of sure. the screen or something. So sure. everything you're focusing on is usually in shadow. It's it's interesting. <laughs> we're, we're just adding on to all the things that make this atmosphere immense. Yeah, but you're right that the tone is very odd, right? Because it isn't just oppressive. It is oppressive, but it's not just, like, just over and over oppression there is levity in the movie there's like some kindness when the two of them are bonding a little bit you know telling stories when he's telling the story about just having vivid dreams about buying and owning a moped there's if, there's but fun okay moments. so side note i think that might be my favorite thing i've ever been introduced with <laughs> uh, that is and and beyond that one of the like the most incredible small details just included in this movie of the thing like who fucking writes that of the guy dreams about owning a moped and that's how he knows the magic is happening. What a weird fucking contextual <laughs> thing within this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what I actually interrupted you to say was <laughs> something much more asinine, which is that if this movie were a human, <laughs> oh boy, it would be the type of person who would become a massive know-it-all and an actually type person if they were very drunk. Sober, totally <laughs> fun to hang out with, knowledgeable, but not like not like in your face about it. But then like if you got them drunk, they'd be like, well, actually, they'd pull that type of shit all the time. Because <laughs> I feel like that's kind of like the that's kind of the vibe I get from this movie as far as the oddness that you're talking about is it has some like things to say, but it just goes in assuming that you're already on the same page as it. You know what I mean? Kind like, of, yeah. All, all this spirituality that... and like weird reality that creates. Or, so just to clarify or to add on to what you're saying, because we are in the segment of what the movie does right, I'm assuming that's a good thing because we don't fall prey to something that it very easily could have, which is way too much explanation of what yes. they're doing. And exactly. it doesn't. Okay. This, is, this is one of the master classes in 
I what I'll just say is exposition, but in in creating a world without actually telling you about the world, this yeah, this there, movie there is showing not telling. That that yeah, is there isn't a lot of explanation here. And and mm-hmm. to your point, Mark, it even like it just opens on this guy showing up. Like you don't know fucking anything. You just learn that her son has passed away. Like you learn. Bits you don't even and know that. That comes on. in later. Like yeah, as it goes on, but you have no flashbacks. fucking idea. Frankly, yeah. I'm still not sure I understand what happened with her whole kid <laughs> and what she wants to happen with the girl. That, that's gonna come later. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Oh no! It, it no, it does. It okay. does come later. Okay, maybe in the middle category. Nope. Because I do like. Well, whatever. We'll get the. We'll cross that bridge yeah. when we come to it. But I mean, one of the other things I'd written down was was the specificity of it, which I think is what we're basically circling on. Is this isn't something that fits neatly into another category. This is something that carved out its own niche and is mm-hmm. like, we're gonna do this weird fucking specific thing. Yeah. Well, and it's going to be intriguing as. And let's talk about, like, intriguing as. Wh- what are they doing in this movie? They are, for months and months and months, they are, as they pronounce it in the movie, they are working in the occult. It's the from the book of... Conducting a ritual. <laughs> Abramelin, as they say. Or Bremelin, as <laughs> I think the, the U.S. folks would say. But what is so cool about this, and what I found so novel and refreshing, is that... I can't think of another horror movie, and I'd certainly probably like to watch it if there's one that does this, that, like, the whole movie is this occult right. Like, usually you have a lot of stuff happening, and then there's, like, some abracadabra shit, and there's, like, a demon that's summoned. Or there's a whoops. But this whole movie, talk it, it gets into how <laughs> grueling this whole process is, which I am n- certainly not that, like, informed on what the occult is, but I this movie was interesting enough that I did a little reading and yeah, like that's like supposed to be an 18 month, right. That you're just continuously going through like fasting for days, sitting there doing all of this stuff. Like that's insane. And the fact that they managed to make that as intriguing as they did is super cool. And that's, so the thing that stuck with me, honestly, after all these years, you watched it and you said, this is a movie that shows, what magic could be if it mm-hmm. were real and like the the sacrifices that you have to make in order for it to work correctly and i think i mean and that's the interesting part about it you know you think about like fucking harry potter or whatever other other magical bullshit and nothing ever has to de- i mean they they just, you know they they don't directly have ritualistic sex even though it's name checked and then it does sort of happen but it's not part of the ritual it's weird uh, and blood weird, sacrifices. Yes. That's, that's gonna come up later. <laughs> I'm sure it will. And blood sacrifices and all this other stuff. And simply, yeah, the temporal nature of it, where this whole movie takes like a year, a year and a half in order to happen. That type of like, that type of sacrifices and, and just incredibly real realization of like the things that are needed in order to in in order to actualize what is essentially this folklore is a, is a really cool take on magic. Mm-hmm. I'm actually almost upset that like Aleister Crowley is involved in this. <laughs> I agree. I feel like that sort of cheapens it as like a pop culture thing. Uh yeah, I I agree. <laughs> I I know where you're coming from at least. I you know the other thing that I think it does so well and it is so hard to describe because I can only do it through like it's kind of like insert other reference here is how effective it is at that detachment from like the physical world that humanity exists in, like certainly where they are helps and the fact that they aren't leaving this house and how good of a job the movie does at not, you know, talking through much 
talking through too much what they are doing. But the level of isolation that it creates, I I can't describe how important that is to how it feels. And this is going to feel like a super weird reference, probably, but I can't think of anything else right now that makes me feel this way other than maybe the video game Shadow of the Colossus for those that have played it. Like there's a level of like severe foreboding isolation that both of these share that is like truly unique. And I fucking love it. Yeah. By that. I, I also really enjoy the parts of this movie that are, I, I would say unique in the way that they sort of create the world of how everything is intertwined with how, as an example, lies make bad shit happen he cuts himself and he knows she was lying about speaking german that type of stuff is like kind of it's that type of thing that's like woven into the script that is just like it it creates the overwhelming power of the thing that they're trying to deal with without actively telling you oh yeah if you lie i'll cut my finger off and then i'll get affected all yeah it's fine (laughs) yeah Yeah. i buy that it's a good point yeah what else do we have at Hard Does Right? The Doesn't visual have a, details. Yeah. I, we could wax poetic on about those for some time, right? There's like, there's many. They they have a few scenes where they zoom in on like the chalk drawings that some poor fucking temp had to do on <laughs> all of the floors. Um they have a few scenes of of Solomon like scribbling shit on the floor and then they zoom in and it's like a perfect chalk drawing of this like single line incredible incredibly intricate like you know, fractal pattern expanding outward. And then just beyond that, I, the other thing I would say is the sets. Uh, you have the, the scene specifically once she's broken the seal and like walked out after Solomon died, tries to get out, her car doesn't start. And she's walking down these highways just purely alone. And this is also where the isolation comes from. But these shots of her just like walking through the wilderness of what is actually Ireland and not Wales is, I mean, some of some of the best, like most beautiful photography you'll see, and beyond that, also really helps to restate that isolationism. That's mm-hmm. like the whole point yeah, of the movie. On the sure. point of the sets, I I think this is the only place I can like really weave this in semi eloquently. But I think this movie is smart in how it approached what it wanted to do because this is a low budget directorial debut. And that's a hell of a thing from Liam Gavin, the director. He chose to make a movie that had two characters, which is high degree of difficulty on basically one set the whole time. He directed, which he directed two episodes of Bly Manor. Oh shit. That's about it. Oh wow. Which ones? (laughs) Uh, the altar of the dead and the way it came. I don't remember which ones. I don't either. You'd have to tell me Me by number because that's the only way I can discern. (laughs) That's super cool. Uh, I did not know that. I'm going to have to go like, think about that in a, Different time. Uh, anyway, you know what? There are sequences of Bly Manor that that now that totally more sense. true for like the isolation <laughs> of those grounds and just the fall. Yeah, that checks yeah. out. I'm okay. Anyway, I'm endlessly like I could can I could go on and on about how smart it was to make a movie like this because they were able to do so much more with so much less on one location. Basically, not having to go to multiple locations is good. That's good. That's smart. Think about that, filmmakers. I mean, they did have two locations. Okay, but. Mark, you know what I fucking mean. They shot, I, some ex- I, they shot some exteriors and they shot some interiors. That's still yeah. smart filmmaking. The one, the <laughs> one that I do want to know a lot more about is there's one specific scene right after she breaks the seal where she's walking down the highway and the pine trees are just fucking going nuts. You can tell that it was windy. Mm-hmm. Like 
whenever they were shooting, there's there's clearly wind whipping shit up. But these pine trees are swaying back and forth like you've been on mushrooms for a couple days. And I really want to know how. I, I really want to know how much they added to it, if any, or if those things were like really getting into it. They might have been really getting into it because it's it's place. it's exactly the right amount of oh that could just be real trees in a windstorm yeah. or that is very clearly exaggerated by CGI. It's, it's, and I yeah, just want to know which one it is. It's very similar with like fast moving clouds, which I don't think they touch those at all. Like that happens in a moody landscape. Like the differentiation yeah. between like the sky and the land when they meet, it stuff moves fast, but it looks super otherworldly. Yep, absolutely. Whatever, I, I could keep it. going on. We got to move on. Yeah, that's it for me from Does Right. All right. Uh, cool. Let's move on to Does Middle. And I want to put the monsters in the Does okay. Middle category. That's exactly what I had yeah, here, too. I think that's, I think that's a good selection. I think they look pretty good overall. I mean, um, they look fine. Yeah, but they're all kind of the exact same, just kind of different shapes uh, yeah. of, of dark, creepy things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I and mean, like, I the thing, the, the, the measuring stick I have here is I don't have a better option that they could have gone with. But it does feel weird for them to have, like, what I would base. I mean, you would you would also see this exact same demon in another movie that like is Aboriginal Australia. That's yeah. That was <laughs> the feeling that they felt very Aboriginal. Um, they they looked similar. They all looked similar. They were of the same what t- demon class, right? <laughs> they looked <laughs> Aboriginal, which is n- really neither here nor there. But the the thing that I thought put this in middle for sure was that it was slightly disappointing that you got to see in the books the illustrations of some crazy looking shit not that I needed all of that but the fact that you tempted me with that and then for good reason did what you did with like an attainable level of costuming keeping them in the dark like it just felt not okay we're gonna put you in a diaper and we're gonna throw a bunch of powdered sugar on you yeah but you know what I mean like one of them appeared to me to be just a modified creepy clown costume. Like when she first sees them, there's like the five standing behind her. Mm-hmm. One of them is the silhouette of a creepy clown. Like, is I'm that just be- because you just watched Wrinkles, though? No, I mean I watched Wrinkles like three weeks ago at this point. Okay, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Maybe you're being haunted by Wrinkles. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, there you go. Maybe Art the Clown is now living permanently in your psyche. No, thank you. In your basement. <laughs> your root cellar. Your root cellar. That was it, the it only just, thing I, I mean, had in Does Metal. Yeah, just, just because and, I don't think it really fits the visual like motifs of the rest of the movie. Uh, yeah, so that's all I had for Does Middle. Why don't we go into Does Wrong? What do we have in Does Wrong? Solomon's character is fucking weird, man. I don't, this is ex- this was my chief thing too. I think in I a like way this. I could what, I could what? I could get hold on I could get why this would be Does Right or Does Middle. But <laughs> but you put it in wrong. It could well, be because I think there are ways. The, the the things I put in wrong are frequently things that I think, like, honestly, I could figure out a solution to if given enough time. He is just, his character is written in a way that is absolutely manic. Like, he's all over the fucking map. And he's a sadistic fuck. You like, can, they want yeah, you, you to can, like him you sometimes. Pro- but You can provide the exact same character and just tighten up the motivations a little bit. But he and it felt like they wanted to wildly. squeeze... Sorry, he yeah. swings wildly between scenes of like, hey, we're friendly now. We're going to share stories. I dreamt about owning a moped to being like, I'm going to get mad at you for sleeping in and throw water all over you 
for no fucking reason to I'm going to trick you into a sexually explicit thing That's... which I, which is not specifically what I wanted to get into here. I wanted to just no. talk about how all over the fucking place his character is. I I agree and, and I you do want to specifically unhelpful? get into that. Like yeah. I liked his character kind of because of that. I think without that energy like it does a couple things. I, like obviously they're trying to paint him as is he the villain question mark? Sure. And I think that that level of energy is one of the things that kind of like keeps it kept it keeps me interested. I've seen this movie multiple times now. It keeps me interested in what's happening between the two actors on screen. Like I don't know if it's necessary. Kind of like when we're talking about, like, I don't know if it's a writing problem or like an acting problem. I don't I think know it's, if it's I like, think for the record, I think it's a writing problem. I, think I don't Steve think it's Orr a writing problem. A I think it's a writing job. I think it's a writing quality. And more than that, I think that Steve Orm, I need to get that right. Steve Orm does a fantastic job with it. So I think he does a exactly. really good job, but I fully agree with Mark that it is a writing problem. And for me, hmm. once he gaslights her into sexually assaulting her, for no fucking reason. Like, then they want me to like him again, then they want him to be charged. There's no question. That happens pretty early it on. Seems I don't think, like, like, do they want you to like him ever? Like, no, I don't think no, they no, paint no. either I, of these characters like, as likable ever. I don't I, like I, either if, of these characters. If I were to, if I were to try and, like, digest all of this into the reasons why things happened the way they did, I would say that they wanted a specific instance that was detestable that would set him up to be stabbed via fate so that it was more <laughs> excusable for him to die at the end, which is that Maybe. arc. But I mean, you could you could easily write that in another way that doesn't make mm-hmm. his character completely inconsistent with it itself. Yeah, no, I agree. He bounced around too much, and I did not care for it. He was consistently inconsistent. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. like, like. Let's just hypothetically, let's just say. So she has. There's there's a new scene that is a revelation of her saying, "I actually want vengeance. I don't want to talk to my son." I mean, I do want to talk to my son, but realistically what I'm doing this isn't isn't to get him back. It's to fuck those goddamn teenagers who were Satanists or whatever the fuck. And he blows his mind, slaps her, maybe maybe like legitimate, like gets a little bit violent and is like, this isn't how it works. You can't do this. You know, that would be in character for him. You don't need this like very awkward sexual scene that I feel like you were kind of shoehorning in. And then you have that same level of abusive damage that that comes through as a theme of the movie. You yeah. don't change anything and you stay more on theme with what the script is doing. Okay. Okay. It yeah. felt to me like they wanted to inject some more horror and more distressing things into it for the sake of making it more horrifying without considering how that would impact the overall like writing. <laughs> like they and consistency. they might they didn't know if their movie was horror enough. So they had to introduce <laughs> some like weird like deviant shit. I mean, kind of. Which is which is weird because this movie was made in 2015, 14, Mm -hmm. well before the Me Too movement and all that stuff. I'm not saying that thing; those did not. I mean, I'm not saying those things didn't exist in the movie franchise. But what I'm what I'm saying is like they were less talked about and less written about at the time. So I I mean, I don't know. It's it just seems internally inconsistent. Yes. Not that it, not that it shouldn't be something that is said and talked about and all that stuff, but it's just like it, it doesn't match with the rest of the. It movie. didn't matter in this movie. It felt yeah, it didn't it, feel like gratuitous. it was, it was of a the rest of the movie. Sexual assault. Yeah, yeah. I I'll agree, I'll go with that. The the weird sexual assault scene made no difference to the movie, and it made no sense. So it kind of left me with like a why. That's the chief offender, but also yeah. there are other scenes with 
Solomon that hmm. I don't I don't really get why. Like, so if they would have just had more, then he would have been inconsistent, so inconsistent that it would have been better. They should have written more of those scenes. I mean, kind yes. of, because he's not <laughs> yeah, like I a mean, psychopath. Yeah. So he was in a weird yeah. middle ground. He yeah. either needs to be like fully bipolar, yeah. or they need to cut the scenes of him being being like friendly. Okay, you and guys, stuff. you guys are kind of talking me into this more than I thought you'd be able to. I see where you're coming from. I just to clarify, Steve Orem did a tremendous job, though. That's Agreed. and that's and that's the crazy thing about all of this is I think he was handed something that was logically inconsistent, needed a lot of help, and delivered a performance that is heavily laudable because. Yeah. He does. He hits all of those points in a very genuine manner, and that's sure. the thing that, like, I never resonate with Andy Circus because it just doesn't feel genuine, right? That's that's the thing I go to for the psychopath who's like really flying off the handle. It's theatrical. <laughs> I just hit my mic. Oh my god! It's, it's theatrical, <laughs> the but it doesn't it yeah. doesn't feel genuine, and that's exactly what he channels. Is he? Mm. It, there is never a single second of this movie where Steve Orem's performance doesn't feel genuine. So I agree with that's that. what this yeah. movie does right, and also we're in the section of what the movie does wrong because it's something that it does wrong. <laughs> well, let's talk about another writing thing then, because the kind of like if listener, if you were seeing what they were seeing of me, I was kind of flying off the handle when Mark was talking about the kid and the murderers and the kids that were Satanists or something. Why the fuck did they need to introduce that part? Why did it matter how the kid was killed? Like, that to me is a bridge too far. You don't need to have this kid having been taken by occultist teenagers and killed in some black ritual to introduce more magic into this world. I think that it would have been better with less magic, so this was more like not of the world that they lived in. That is a mistake. I think sure. I agree with you 97% of the okay. way. But what are the 3%? The, the the 3% is, I sort of took it on this most recent viewing to be that that was her intro. That was how she discovered, like, a Bremelin and, like, this other this other side of her spirituality. Because it's, they make so it clear she, that her, it's, they make it clear that she's Catholic, her sister is yeah. very Catholic, and that she went through this process of moving from the church into this other sector of black magic. And I think it serves a very minor purpose in that way that, like, she was looking into sort of the shit that the people who were murdering her son were doing, and it was like, okay, well, I'll f- whatever. So I'll it's follow fight, a few of fire. these links, and it's that's fight, how fire, she stumbled fire. upon this stuff. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. It's, I don't it's, want it's it. a little bit too much detail. Well, it's just like, it, like I, 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 I'm putting it on writing, right? Like I wouldn't have written it that way. Like why he could have just been abducted, and that would have been like a strange and very abnormal way to have a kid go in a movie usually it's like oh my son got hit by a car like i wasn't paying attention i hate myself blah 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 it's like kid got fucking abducted by satanist teenagers and murdered in some weird ritual like what the fuck honestly the the strangest the strangest part of that whole sentence is teenagers <laughs> yeah but they go if you just made it like that. regular satanists i'd be for, like for okay so clearly magic is real and these satanists were trying to do so is that is that it's like satanist satanists <laughs> it's teenage satanists i can't They're fucking just like believe fucking around that part. murdering people like i hate it it's like it's it's what it does wrong it's advanced what it does wrong to use the SpongeBob <laughs> reference for a second time. I fucking hate it so much. 
it, it, yeah, especially for a movie that is so comfortable, like not fully explaining everything oh that's going on and how we got here. And now it's like, but here, let's tie this up in a tidy little bow. Motherfucker. Especially the funny thing is, like, it, it's it seems to me like they wanted to include a larger view of the world within this magic, and like, mm-hmm. there's a bigger there's a bigger picture here, and other people know about this type of stuff. But it also seems like they <laughs> just shoehorn the fuck out of this thing in like it's 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 not only is it like hey more people know about this but also literally everyone knows about this because teenagers are doing it i mean <laughs> look we could be we, our american might be showing right like this is a cultural disconnect everybody in the uk is into this shit that's how i'm gonna go with a i doubt that <laughs> uh, they all listened this to zeppelin one? and got all into the satan you know Oh, yeah, they listened to it backwards and it converted all of them. Exactly. Yeah. That's what happens. Hail my sweet Satan. (laughs) This one isn't, it definitely isn't all what it does wrong, but we didn't talk about it and what it does right, and we didn't talk about what it does middle, and we have to talk about it. I want to talk about the giant weird angel crouching down in a room that's too small for it at the end of the movie. Because it's not a a knee pick or a not pick or a nit pick? No, it doesn't fit in any of those. I think it's a, if, I mean. It's not what it does wrong. It's not what it does wrong. It's not what it does middle. I would err on the side of neat pick, but I didn't have yeah. it written down there. <laughs> okay, here's the it's deal. It's ballsy, man. Here, They're yeah, hanging here's onions. what we're getting to. So here's what we're getting to. This was a motherfucking choice. For a movie that did what this did, which is so restrained for most of it, feels weird to say that, but it was in a way. To yes. do that well, at there, the end. No, it, no, that's very much what it was. It's yeah, Okay, to do that at the end is... Bananas, and then Full to have it in light angel. That's like what two and a half size, <laughs> a two and a half times halo. the size of a normal human. Yeah, the, like it is <laughs> it's also like it's not enormous. <laughs> it can't it's not the size but it of the can't house. fit the room. Like it's awkward in the room. It's, it's awkward down. looking because of how it's rendered. Like every single it is th- squarely in the uncanny valley. It's the I, most uncanny of valleys, dude. <laughs> I fucking love it. I love it. I love just, it. I love it. Like I love it. I get squatting that. awkwardly because it can't even kneel in this room. I get that, but the fact angels like, are used to that though. I know? want to take myself back to the first time watching this. Jack's the only one that can do this. Like when you know it's coming, it's a little bit different. But I, I can't remember my reaction. It was oh. bizarre. <laughs> I okay, can remember mine. Was. I can re- so she. I mean, it's a whole thing where you're like, <laughs> wow. Okay, she's pulled into the basement by these. Aboriginal people covered in powdered sugar for some reason, and then she's just there's a light, and all of a sudden she's in a room with a giant, with a giant human. I it was it was angel. I was aghast. I was well fine angel. Thank you. Whatever. I was I was it was surprise and aghast and like just I I feel I am so appreciative of the choice that they made at the end. It is frankly like choice. it doesn't wild look choice. great. But no. as far no. as like as far as the choices go that filmmakers make that we appreciate, this is like near the top of the list. This is it, this is with Borderlands as like, oh, that's how you decided to end your movie? Yeah. The amulet, cool. I am right? Fucking all over this shit. Yeah. yeah amulet, yeah. another really good example of that. I because I'll tell you, I was like, holy shit when I first saw it. And I was like, what the fuck? But then immediately I noticed how dumb it looks squatting down to be like half height in this room. And I was like, why did they? And then you look at its face and you're trapped in the uncanny valley. That was my reaction. It had to fit into the circle, Jack. (laughs) The thing about the uncanny valley that I don't understand. (laughs) The thing I don't understand about the uncanny valley you guys keep talking about is like, it's clearly a human. 
Do you guys think this wasn't a human that they just superimposed? No, it, it was, but then the way that they no, make it's it definitely fit a human. in That's the, the point sheen, of the Uncanny Valley. the sheen that they put over it makes it feel like it is not a human, that then when you do the tight zoom, it is the actual real human face. It's it faces, almost feels yes, like a CG on the right. wide, if you want to call it that, and then the close-ups of the face are a real human. But it's not. Yeah, I know it, it's not. It doesn't look correct. I yeah. got zero Uncanny Valley out of it. I got, I got some. A lot. I got deep. I got stuck in there. Maybe that. Maybe that's why I like it so much. Is because like the detail on like the chin, where you can see like it's. I. I'm, it's a human well, face. I don't know. It's maybe. a dude's face. It's. You're saying, dude. What I was gonna say is, I think it's a female face, and, and you can okay, see like sure. the peach fuzz on 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 the chin and stuff, and it's like the 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 fact that those hairs are like at this point pretty large <laughs> from the standpoint of the rest of the room like that's the type of stuff and like detail that they work into this movie that's that's kind of cool and they zoom in i mean you you have those shots of zooming in but extremely close on just the mouth you can't hear it talking but you can see it moving and like very clearly speaking and like i, I got so deep in the uncanny valley i had to 127 hours my way out you did you cut off your arm oh yeah oh damn no, jack I'm sorry. You did not need to do that. This is yeah. just like a regular horror movie. <laughs> it's a bad man. choice. No, but as far as choices go, like the decision to make this thing, I'm going to say two to three times the size of a regular human and put it in the house, but then instead of figuring out how it fits in the house to have it just crouch over in a room that's too small for it is art. That is art of the highest order, and I fucking love it. Hmm. Yes, I agree okay. with that sentiment. This feels 100%. like a super. the The fact that this is in what the movie does wrong makes it feel like. <laughs> I, I prefaced it with like I know. I don't know where it belongs. Jack, I we can do nothing else but blow the whistle at this point. No, well, hold on, hold on. There no. actually is something fuck! else that this movie does fuck! wrong. There actually fuck! is something fuck! else that this movie does wrong, fuck! which is that we have seen the movie The Triangle, and this is a worse tonightus movie than that. It is not worse. That it is, is preposterous. Not How? What? There uh, is a the tinnitus, tinnitus scene, scene, but it's, it lasts six seconds. But it's so much worse. It's it so is much absolutely worse, Mark. Watch the fucking triangle again. Maybe I, I there. Look, there's an outside Maybe chance that that your tinnitus and my tinnitus are operating on different frequencies. <laughs> but this one hit me so much harder than uh, the triangle was annoying, but effective. This was like. I had a I had a visceral reaction where like my brain started hurting, my gut started hurting. I needed to turn the movie off. I can't. I can't. This Jack, one felt, I just can't. This one felt much more like how most movies handle that kind of tinnitus sound for just a couple of seconds and not super loud. And that triggers my tinnitus, but I'm like okay with that. The triangle it lasts for minutes and it's all you can hear. It's this was. Fuck. I think tonight. I, I I think tinnitus. I think that the triangle was lower pitch, and this one this one was like closer to the Steven Spielberg like Saving Private Ryan yeah. style. Tinnitus. This was this was. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying, and I can definitively say it was higher pitch. But I don't. Neither bothered me, so I passed but, the test. Yeah. In any in any. <laughs> I, case, I, I had the tinnitus in nitpicks for whatever the reason. The whistle. In this movie. I do. Okay. Fine. God damn it. <laughs> Heavens. Wait, hold on. I I, I was ex- hold on. So I'm going to need you to do that for two straight days and then we can break <laughs> for food and water. And then you're going to need to do it for another two days. We're going to repeat it twice. Yeah, you need to watch 1BR, man. <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh Oh my nitpicks. god. We're di- we're there. I have three escalating nitpicks. Ooh, I don't know if I should do them all at once. They aren't related I, at all. There's just they I can't get advise worse. you on that. 
Well, okay, I'll start with the easy, the the least offensive one, uh, which is the never-ending bucket of salt. Like I presume that I he, have this one too. Yeah, I presume that he filled it several times, but that's but they never pretty, show you a wheelbarrow. No. They never show you a, I, sor- a greater like, source of salt. That's cool, but he's dumping a lot of salt, and that's like it's what a five-gallon bucket. It's a, it is a five-gallon bucket, <laughs> and would, they show you he fills it, like, it takes him feet. half the bucket to fill a yeah. two-foot chunk yeah. of that line. Yeah, he would have had to fill that thing. I don't know. 70,000 times? times? Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. Magic. <laughs> no, they do. I mean, to their credit, like, they don't... The, if they would have had to, like... I mean, they could have done it in, like, a half-second cut, but, like, they do show you a gigantic, like, you bought it at Costco, like, pallet of salt that is mostly empty later in the movie, so... That's cool, but still. They should show the car, that. the car that they have like rolling in just like so overloaded. Just yeah, the Jack, tie, it's, the, the, it's, it's the in the background. touching the ground. It's like in the corner background of the kitchen in one scene. And it's like oh, that's the plastic okay. that you get like is if there were like 15 of the big like Morton right, size right. things. There's like two of them in it. So I don't know. Huh. Yeah, they would have nice. used about 75 tons but, but of It still wasn't way. enough, but it was something. So it's like a low yeah, level. Yeah, because I specifically wrote down, they don't even show you like the source, like how much fucking salt. They, they had to have so much goddamn salt. Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> we can go around the horn here. What do you guys got? Why was he cutting up so many of those fucking toadstools? Yeah, she had she like one to... little bit. <laughs> she had like one part of one of the stems. And almost and died. That cleansed all of her. And then he, he had... I mean, pounds of those fucking. He's, he's just digging he's holes, man. Up. He's just digging holes. <laughs> <laughs> it's kismet, you know. He leads That's, a hard. He leads a hard life, man. That he, he, that, the rest were for him. <laughs> he, he goes on a binge of eating a bunch of poisonous mushrooms. He's just vomiting I, and diarrheaing his guts out while she's passed out. Mark, I was going back and forth on which line to introduce you with. Mark, another guy who leads a hard life and abuses alcohol was the runner-up. It was tough. That was too real. That's way yeah. too real. <laughs> what else we got? Except for the hard life part. Um, weren't magic squares? <laughs> weren't magic squares like a thing we did in elementary school that were fun and not part of a like biblical? I mean, can't you assume conspiracy? that they were derived from a real thing and then just made light of? I get. I, it just seems weird to me. Like so. So just to, just to juxtapose this with another thing. Wouldn't it be weird if he was just like, okay, so we're gonna do a bunch of crossword puzzles. <laughs> I mean, yes, and that and that's weird. the I gateway agree. to the other side. If we solve a bunch of these crossword puzzles and word jumbles, we'll find our way into the into the nether realm. <laughs> are you just? Are you doing some role play right now? What's happening? What I'm saying is they're using <laughs> magic squares, which is like a stupid math game that you play for extra credit in fourth grade. Mark, to again, I think this could be taken from a real thing. I don't know. I'm not the occultist, but it made sense to me. It made enough sense to me. It made enough. You I'll said reach, that like I'll one of us is an occultist. occultist and see if them solving magic squares that you can find on I'm like super, magic squares. I gotta admit, I'm, su- I'm super happy that n- none of us are doing the but actually because especially because of mark mentioned earlier i mean frankly i don't know maybe i should do a little bit more reading but i I this to me was just like someone someone stumbled (laughs) upon a thing they need they needed something and they're like yeah fill out some magic squares for there were squares and circles and triangles you know? There are a lot Why of did they have so many scenes of her shaving him fully bare? That was my next point. Oh, Why shit. does he need to be shaved? Why Sexual. does he it need had, to be shaved? It had a real, do you guys did you guys ever watch Dr. Katz? No. 
No, that, uh, I never even heard of that. What the fuck are you talking Dr. about? Dr. Katz, professional therapist. It was an old cartoon, like an old adult swim cartoon. Listener, John for Benjamin. those of you keeping track, this is the Jack makes a reference that none of us understand point Look, of H. the Look, H. Of the John episode. Benjamin did the did the main speaking, did play Dr. Katz in it, but there's a, a scene from that where he and his dad are just like having a dinner and catching up, and then one point he's like, why do you... Why do you shave yourself bare every night, son? He's like the hair, Dad. It's dirty, and I just can't. I, I was. I kept hearing H. John Benjamin say the hair, Dad. It's dirty as he in his like shaved. H. John Benjamin voice though. It's not fully Archer, but it is. H, it is very. Does H. Very John clearly Benjamin have a non H. John Benjamin voice? No, that's just his voice. I'm just making. I yes, mean, it's, it's either it's Archer a little, or a Bob's little more Burgers, soft spoken. Yeah, like, like he, he, he accentuates it. Like he goes a little harder in the paint when he's doing character, but. It yeah. still sounds like it is him. his H on John Benjamin voice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The, the hair, Dad. It's dirty. Huh. Hmm. I okay. had that same thing written down. There are a lot of scenes. It's at, so at, weird. It would be one thing if it was just like at the beginning and they needed to be clean and she shaved him, well, but they but, crosscut that. Well, they're three attempting. Times. They're. It's one of the mechanism. It's one of the levers they pull to like show passage of time. I think. But, but they also, it's not effective, they, they, whereas like just showing outside, they're like, oh, the leaves are down. Oh, there's snow. Like You could have just left it at that, probably. I think the third time they show it, the camera's like panning around his shoulder. She's shaving his back, and his armpit hair is like protruding majestically out the back. It's like, you need to shave that too, I think, probably, right? Like, know. why just the back hair? I don't know how it works. She's shaving his pubes? Armpit hair is explicitly allowed in the Kabbalah. <laughs> Dude, it's over my head. Yeah, look, we're not we're not voiced on the uh, we're not well versed on the voice book of a Bremelin. <laughs> I I brought this up earlier, but the, he goes to such great lengths to explain what's going on with every one of the circles. This one's Earth, and we I, do this. Well, he bails. I, no, I he bails after pick. like three. <laughs> no, yeah, th- he, after no, two, he skips one. He he does two. He, then he says this one's the darkness, and then on the very next blackness. one he says this one's the void. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, this one's the blackness, and then he goes this one's the void, and this is where we don't want to end up getting stuck. And it's like you you there was just one where he said nothing about it. <laughs> and then and then he also doubles back and he's like that one's water though. <laughs> yeah, it's buck wild, and I do not understand. <laughs> he's he, the, as they go around. I I kind of love the. Varying level of detail. They have like three categories that they weigh in on every circle of like the number, the element, and the the thing that it is. Except and, for and one they, of them is just the blackness. <laughs> yeah, one of them is just the blackness, and then he's also just like, yeah. So we got earth, fire, water. Uh, this one's mind over here. We got we got this stuff happening. That one's the darkness. <laughs> what do you want him to say, man? The, the blackness element. Here. Black. <laughs> Could this be any more Marky black? And the in answer is love. no. Okay. Oh my god. It's obsidian. He believes in a thing called love. Just listen to the rhythm of his heart. All right. Okay. Okay. While the blood doesn't look good when she drinks it, I've I seen think that whole scene worse. is kind of weird. I don't know. But, it, like, like, it leaves a film on it. It, cling it doesn't to the walls look... of that glass. It's it's clearly red wine. No, dude, I mean, it's it's red, it's, I don't it's know, know if it's like red a, wine. It's I, like I actually one of those... would be kind of surprised if it was red wine. It's probably a sorbet. It's sour. like red wine with flour in it. No, it's like a fruit. Big it old look gosa thick enough, is what I'm saying. Big old gosa. There's there's some thick thickness enough. to it. Thick boy. It's leaving legs, man. It's a thick boy. Um. It's kind of weird. This is another one I had. It's kind of weird to explicitly, numerous times, say that you're in the Welsh countryside 
when you're in the Irish countryside? What? What? <laughs> I I want to know where this came from. They were filming in Ireland. Yeah. The I entire mean, movie was filmed in Ireland. Why? Do, do, do why you know them to look different? Mark, why are there so many know. movies that take place in the U.S. that are filmed in Canada? Like, maybe there's a union thing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> maybe there's, like, it's, like, some subtle racism, right? The the Welsh are, are weird and creepy and, and paranormal. Paranormal. I don't, <laughs> maybe there's a racism thing, period. The Welsh are creepy and paranormal. <laughs> That's what that they're saying. The Welsh are creepy. Oh, there and you go. Okay, got okay, it. Okay, maybe. Sure. <laughs> sure. I think we're just exposing Jack's privilege over here. Yeah. He's yep. an anti-Welsh separatist. <laughs> okay, here's my next one. I'm moving. Everybody knows I'm a Welsh, Jack. Wait, if I'm a Welsh separatist, wouldn't I be pro-Welsh? I don't know. I yes, frankly, you would be pro-Welsh. I don't know what yes, you would have to be pro-Welsh. No, Jack's one of the Jack's one of the, like the English who just hates the Welsh and wants them to separate. Here's the next one. <laughs> Here's the next one. Uh, they were in there <laughs> for a you. long You got time. so loud, by the way, Jake. You got so oh, fucking really? loud. Fuck. Oh, my God. You're like twice as loud oh, as Mark. It's, it's it has wild. to be just for you. I mean, I feel like... Yeah, it's just for us. It's, it's just because I plugged in. Just for you. This is special for you. I have no idea if you're leaving this in, so I'm trying to make it saucy. <laughs> okay, um, <what> you... Anyway. <laughs> yeah, what you got? Uh, okay, so they're in there for a long time, right? When she leaves and walks around and comes back, it is highly noticeable that Breaks that landscaping seat. is in top shape. Um, they, it's been oh the grass recently. looks great. Uh, yeah, the grass, the like other landscaping near the windows, it all has been <laughs> maintained. So someone all, was around. All the landscaping looks great, from the grass to the. Other landscaping, God. it all looks great. Well, I didn't want to call the, pro- it the problem with this movie. I didn't want to call it hedging. The problem with this like movie is the problem with this movie is you can always just say like, "Yeah, magic." I mean, he says the outside is irrelevant. That's a line in this movie, Mark. So there you go. Right. The outside is irrelevant. Hey, you Neat know pick. why this guy died? And definitely no well, nitpick. And well, didn't no, have but, to die. but also like that's when she walks around in, a, in like a straight line and comes back to it and. It, like that's probably not even real, man. You know. I think we're making different points. Yeah, I'm sure we are. Yeah, you guys are having two completely separate conversations with each Here's other. Here's what I'm saying. The course, she, frankly, it's fully, quite entertaining. She fully <laughs> impaled him with a knife. The knife went all the way. She through didn't do him. dick. She pushed him. The knife fell, and he fell on the knife. Fine. It's important. Whatever. One implies Fate that she seven. like attempted to murder him. The other does not. She Kismet. only stitched up the front. She did try to murder him by not stitching up the back. <laughs> the knife went all the way through his back and came out I don't, the front. As and was evidenced by the pus you, that started coming out of that wound, I don't think that it mattered that she stitched him up, bro. Well, that's why he got so infected. What were the they back cutting? Was just an like, open I get that it gets wound. infected, but what the fuck were they cutting with that knife? <laughs> he just, all the meat. It had the to be meat, right? pounds of meat. It had to be yeah. meat. Yeah, okay. That's all he, he wanted. He just has an entrance wound that's unaddressed. He, I mean, absolutely. That okay. I, I, like I will say, I this didn't come up, but I find that knife, that stabbing scene, like pretty cringy. And I don't know if it's because like there's such a profound lack of gore during the movie, other than that, or if you, it's good. I don't. To be know. clear, you mean cringy, like it made you cringe, not like it looks bad. The former, yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I think it's. Sure. I. I mean, frankly, I would say that's one of the weaker points of the movie. I don't think it's particularly well done. The editing of it is like there's a knife on the counter, and then they cut I'm to someone's hand. I'm not talking about hand. the way they frame the knife, dude. I'm talking about the knife in the guy. I'm not I mean, talking about the way the, they set it up. 
the idea in the story is fine, but the way like the whole thing is shot is like there's a knife on the counter, I'm someone's t- hand sort of oh hits fuck, it, he's already the same thing down again. on the floor, and then they just cut <laughs> yeah. to him being you're like, just, "Ow, my liver!" You're like, "I'm not talking about this thing that I'm going to continue talking about." <laughs> you just fully ignored everything you said. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, what he said was just nonsense. So. I'm talking about the part where the knife is in hey, him, like how it looks pick. from a practical hey, effect standpoint. Hey, what? hey, hey, here's a neat pick. Okay. <laughs> I just want to gain some quiet before the howl. Dude. Is maybe my favorite line ever written. It is That's so amazing. good. It is <laughs> yeah. so good. Like if I was 22, good. I'd probably get that tattooed somewhere. The way on my he back. says that, dude. Oh my God. He wants, yeah, he wants to become invisible. He just wants some quiet before the howl. Is like That's a haunting. gut punch. Yeah. It is haunting. I love it so much. I agree completely. That might be the thesis statement on why this movie has stuck with Jake for so long. That line is so fucking good. Why is that the oh thesis statement? My God. Hmm. There's a lot that Mark thinks about me that I'm unaware of, I think. <laughs> hey, my last neat pick <laughs> is Ooh. just kind of a, a reference. The This movie came out very close to the same time as Baskin, and they both mm. kind of end very like with basement scenes and weird well, demon they, monsters they have it, coming I out. was noticing that because I hadn't seen Baskin. Like It's been since the last time. It, Baskin happened between viewings, and they're yeah. way more similar than I thought would have ever anticipated. <laughs> yeah. But also yeah. not similar at all. Yes, I totally agree. That's that's the perfect yeah. assessment. They're super similar and also simultaneously not at all similar. Yeah. They they it, handle it, things a in a very one. similar way, but they could not go about that trajectorially like differently. The last yes. one I had was that I don't think I could be drowned in a bash in a bathtub with that little water. Like there's clearly a lot of splashing happening, but don't you just start splashing water out strategically of the bathtub? If you're <laughs> Let me dra- get this water out of here. If you're yeah, yeah, if you're drowned in a bathtub that has like a half inch of water over but your Mark, face, like just it takes you like I mean, three seconds if, to if get you that. If you start doing that, he starts he opens up the faucet. Like But but also Mark, yeah, but maybe this version of you does, but what if you were like First, you had everything expelled from you via toadstool, and that then was months ago. for a week, and then yeah, that was like, that was, that was like literally a year ago. A year ago. <laughs> I don't, I don't think she's gotten any stronger. Like no. I don't think she's ever had a period to recover. No, and Jack. Every time I've eaten a toadstool in real life, I've gotten literally twice my size, and had I could get hit by Mark, a goomba. Don't even joke around with that. That's what killed Babar's dad. Don't do it. Don't do it, Mark. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. What a dumbass king Babar's dad was. Just eating We're not doing that. In the We're forest. too deep. We're what too long. Fuck? It's such a long episode. We're not going into Babar, okay? I have a, I had a nitpick. My my escalating nitpick, the third. Was this better this, be good because that would have been a really funny way to go to race. This is the same fucking scene, okay? And my problem with this is that, guess what? A lot of actors don't know how to do CPR and framing up while he's just- out throwing his head around because he's not moving his arms because he can't fucking do CPR is probably not the best way to do that. Because he doesn't want to crack a rib. Oh my <laughs> god. He's just, dude, just look at that scene again. He's just doing this. It's like <laughs> Night at the fucking Roxbury, dude. He's just... <laughs> the gold standard of terrible CPR on film is Dumb and Dumber, I think, where he's where he pulls the blinds cool. off the wall and starts hitting the guy with it. But think think about <laughs> that statement though. We're, we're actually yeah, we're, we're, we're assessing a CPR scene in this movie, and you're bringing up Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yeah. Woof. Okay, we got there. That's what that's what my point was. It was bad. Now we're going to ratings. Okay. We, over the ADC Horror, use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. 
For one, think of a Sam Axe would rate the traditional masculinity of spies. You know spies, bunch of bitchy little girls. And for ten, think of how Sam Axe would rate breakfast meats. When I was with the teams, they taught us that any hydrocarbon polymer, like animal fat, never mind. Breakfast meat is magic. Stories for Scamming Richard, these movies. Jake, this was your pick, right? The fucker for story. Typically, this isn't the category that I'm like most interested ooh, interested to see what you guys are going to rate it for, but with this movie, I think it is. Uh, because this is not particularly like what I would think of first when I think of this movie, okay? Same time, pretty elegant in terms of how it handles like a story that it could go super deep into. I like the way that this revolves around like a super taxing ritual that lasts months in a pretty deft way. So it's hard for me to get too high because it is pretty simple, but it does a really good job with it. So I'm giving it a seven. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that score. Okay, Mark, this is gonna be boring, isn't it? It, yeah. it is gonna be boring. I also gave it a seven. Fuck. I, I mean, this is very clearly a well thought out story, but it's also that's also not the reason you're here. Yep. There's so yeah, much that's extra. What I'm at. There's so much extra detail and it, it's almost like a judicious lack thereof story. They <laughs> reference the things they need to reference in order for the narrative to occur. But realistically, all of this is just a vehicle for world building and immersion, TBD. Yeah. You know, we'll get back to that yeah, in I, just I, a second. So, I gave it a six. Um, I agree with you guys. I also think that two of the chief things we talked about and what the movie does wrong were the writing of it. So, I can't, I'm, I'm not willing to go all the way up to a seven. Um, it's, it's has some interesting stuff going on and it is well written, but it's rough around the edges. So it's going to get a six from me. World building and immersion, Jake. Uh, I mean, I wax poetic about the world a lot, maybe more than ever in this one. I love the world it creates. It's incredibly foreboding, isolating, oppressing, like whatever word you want to use to describe it. It, I'm not whatever, but if, as long as it's in line with the things that I just described, then yes, it's that. That part is great. From an immersion standpoint, it is good for the most part. Um, this is a, kind of a polarizing one, I think. I think this is where it's going to come in. Like, you're either going to be into what this does from a slow burn perspective or you're not. And I cannot watch this now on, like, my third viewing of it without recognizing that fact. However, for me, for Jake's score, that's really good. There are some inconsistencies that we talked about. That's going to keep it from being perfect, but I gave it a nine. Whew. Nice, Mark. This is going to continue to be boring. I also gave it a nine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Same scores. Um, the whole way. I, I, I think it's interesting that now at this point, Jake and I have both watched it twice, and we're giving it the same scores, where honestly, if you, wa- if you made me watch this again in about a year, this... Uh, on the trend that it's on might be a little bit higher. Uh, the immersion of this movie higher is, is perfect. <laughs> right. The, the immersion of this movie is based on like the visual details and like the little Easter eggs that they lay in the first part. And the, we didn't, we never really touched on this, but the interpersonal dynamics between Solomon and um, I don't even think we've said, uh, Sophia. Her name, name is Sophia. Yeah, which is <laughs> actually like apparently. Look, it, I've looked into some. I of didn't this know stuff. that. I didn't know. It came I went up. down a rabbit hole the first time I watched this. Apparently, Sophia and Solomon are both like importantly named when it comes to the topic. Go and check it, it out, listener, if you're interested. Cool. 
you you have various biblicisms happening here. Yep, but, exactly. But aside aside from that, like <laughs> I honestly feel like their relationship as it evolves throughout the movie, despite the fact that Solomon's like evolution as a character is very inconsistent and weird, plays exceptionally well. I I found myself drawn into this in a way that is sort of rare at this point when I'm watching horror movies. It's it's incredibly captivating, and the world they build and when they decide to focus in on like an individual room versus when they decide to have her walk around in the Irish countryside slash Welsh countryside for a couple scenes in a row. Like like the the interplay between that from a cinematographic perspective is pretty interesting. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff about this movie that I'm glad that we were able to talk about. And I honestly just think that I need more time to unpack this to like formulate an opinion, but something in my brain really likes this movie. <laughs> hmm. I went a little bit lower. I gave it a seven for world building and immersion. Um, it is, I mean, they build a hell of a world. It's really consistent and cohesive. They do a good job with visual storytelling. That's all a part of it. I mean, Jake, you kind of said it earlier. You're not really supposed to like either of these characters. And like without a good identifiable protagonist, I have a little, like a little bit of a harder time yeah. getting all that immersed in it. I'm happy you mentioned that because normally that's where it falls flat. But this is one of the rare occasions where I think it did something that was super interesting where I like night. These are imperfect characters living in a world of like obvious imperfection where they're trying to like they're grasping at whatever this occult is thing is. And I think that's super interesting, right? Like they're not likable, but their dynamics are. And that's cool. Their dynamic is likable. I agree yeah. with that. I, I, but also once he you know, gaslit her to sexually assault her. I was uninterested in his character, like, at all. Uh, so, uh, or in being a, a good or compelling person. Like, he's just a, a sadist at that point, essentially. I mean, um, yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. this movie paints him in slightly more of a gray tone than that. I hear yeah. what you're saying, but there is a there is a world where he his character should be understood and just beyond black and white in that regard. I, I, I agree. It paints it in more of a gray tone than I experienced as I was watching it. Like that That's where the lower score is coming from for me. Fair My enough. experience They could not have conceived that scene painting. without intending for the audience to be put, like pretty put off by him. The, yeah, the they put that in there for him to yeah. be the villain. We've, we've, talked, yes. yeah, we've talked about yeah. this. Okay. Yeah. Gave it a seven. Well, let's go to Scare Factor Jake. I gave this. A, I gave Scare Factor a seven. Um, the the way this movie gets under my skin is fairly unique, and I am on the record for liking no slow shit. burn horror. This is a really good example of effective slow burn horror. It really makes my like. It, I get like the creepy crawlies with this one, even though it lacks spiders, guys. I, something about the way this functions and how it detaches it it sucks me in it's magnetizing it detaches me from reality and it is a really isolating place that i end up in mentally which is effective seven I like that mark what about i fully you? i fully get that but also i'm going way way lower it's fair i give it a i gave it a three and a half like this isn't a traditionally whoa s- that feels too low but i get it I can't go lower. It does feel too low. I don't know. It's it's not a traditionally scary movie. I think if I were to show this to like high school me, I'd kind of shrug my shoulders and be like, eh. I mean, it's a good movie. It's a it's a really well made movie. It has some stuff to say, but like from the scare perspective, there's not 
there's not that much stuff there. Basically, what you're going off of is like the background effects of the the demons hunting around, and you no, have the I'm, whole scene where she gets pulled into the basement, and gets her finger cut off, and all that stuff. What but I'm like, going outside of that, of, there's not there's no scare factor here. What I'm going off of is that this is like the most realistic interpretation that I can think of of dealing with some occult shit. You know, it's like this is the most effective I feel like that genre of thing can be, and that's commendable. I think it. I think it has some emotional resonance in it, but I don't think it's fear. I don't think the I don't think the emotion that you're getting out of this movie is fear, and and for that reason, it, that's why I'm giving this a little bit lower a little rating bit. on the whole. Just a scale. little, just it's a skosh lower, you know. Well, Jack's gonna come in in the middle, and we're gonna end up circling I, the absolutely. wagons. Absolutely, yeah, I give it a five. We Look, circled this, the this wagons. Movie- this movie well, circled the wagons across like a five point spread. You know, it's like uh, we're this, on opposite sides of the continent and in the middle. This movie is scary. It is distressing. It's not that personally affecting for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I simply wouldn't be in this house. I I would break the salt line, especially once this guy you can't get with out. Me. Jack, you especially wander around for like a day and, and then asshole. you come back. That would be maybe more scary. That happens. Um, that, that was scary. the thing that happened in this movie. That was and, she and got fucked with five. in the wild. That's why it's a five. Oh god. Okay. I guess my it point is, scary, is one of the like, tests. One of the tests I use is like, if I showed this to ten year old me, would ten year old me be scared? Ten year old you in high school? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I also don't think. But ten year old me had seen like Event Horizon. And was traumatized by that. They're shit. vastly different things. Actually, you're kind of getting to something that I was. I've, I'll mention it later. It's fine. This like, is it, is is a cerebral horror, but I yeah. don't think I want to include cerebral horror in my scare rating. But actually, it's 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 too adult for you. Well, no, but Jake, it's not even like there are movies that make me feel isolated and kind of hollow and alone, and this one isn't that. Simply because these are all like decisions she's made to do this stuff like I don't yeah know, it doesn't feel no I, like I get it it's and also it's it, it gets are, to th- it gets definitive, to the po- definitively oh! ah definitively there <laughs> are dramas that are not horror movies that make me feel the same emotions that this movie does so yes. at that point I kind of have to like isolate that as like this is just an exceptionally well-made movie that is not particularly scary because mm. the fear is not the part of this movie that makes it work no, like the basement scene isn't really scary to me at all. Exactly. It's, it's not a traditional fear, but I have to I have to put something to the fact that this is one of those movies that sticks with me after I watch it. And I can't think of any other category in our perfect rating system objectively, right guys? Thank you. That it would fit. Because that thing that sticks with me is that feeling of like god damn that thing made me feel super isolated like holy shit that was a barren wasteland of my psyche that i am somehow still in like it's a personal thing this is a more personal scare score maybe i have issues i don't know i think that's fine i like scare is the most personal of all of our categories we've talked about that before a long time ago Let's move on to effects or judicious lack thereof. Jake, what is your effects or judicious lack thereof score? Yeah, I gave it an eight and a half. I'm curious about this one as well. It is a very good movie, I think, objectively from this standpoint. It's just like, what are the things that you're going to dock it for? Like, the things that I am going to dock it for are the things that we've already mentioned. Like, there is, I'm continuing to call it the thing that Jack 
coined it with the uncanny valley of the angel, despite the fact that I really like that choice. And it was a hell of a choice. We love choices. It looked different and weird. That's a thing. I don't know how much that equates to the docking of the, you know, score. But the other part that I think was most impactful was they made a choice. I think it was smart, but it's still not perfect when you think about the demons that they do show because they do just kind of look like they're akin to Aboriginal people from Australia or something like that. Was a little bit uninspiring. They did their best for the most part. Costuming. Not really much to speak of outside of those folks either, so whatever. But from sets, props, all of the intricacies that went into like making this feel like an actual ritual that was going on for a long period of time, all tremendous. And then I already mentioned that, I mean, we talked about the music for a while, and that was like tip-top. Loved it. Yeah. Mark, what about you? I can't believe you went as low as you did. I gave it a nine and a half, actually. <laughs> what you talking for? The what I docked it for was, and this is what I said in my notes too, was like I don't really have a solution for this problem, but the same thing you said was just like I feel like the demons representation on screen doesn't really match what the have a bigger budget, but then you lose what the the soul of the movie is. But aside from that, from tip to tail, this movie has an incredible soundtrack that is affecting in a way that like specifically creates that feeling in your gut that like the whole the whole point of this movie is to make you feel that same anxiety and like weird commitment to mm-hmm. doing something it's for, immense for 12 months yeah, it, yeah it's immense that's almost yeah. that, that is an, a perfect way to say it Jake and the the soundtrack does that the the sets all do that the visual details on the sets I'll do that everything along the whole way does that and then i guess the one piece that i that i think we're a little bit disconnected on is i think the angel i didn't get the uncanny valley in there at all and i love the visual choice that it is to i agree to with the latter thing. part of that I I don't I don't get any awkwardness out of that. Okay. I get that there was a circle put in a living room and there are angels that exist that teleport into this circle because that's how he says the energy works. What you're describing and is even awkward. They have to fucking fit into that living room and if they have to kneel and be awkward, that's how it works because they're angelic figures and it's a living room. I think it was super cool, man. It was yeah, just weird. It is I, I love that choice. Cool. We I all liked it. Choice. I'm not shitting yeah. on it. It just is weird. From an effects standpoint, it's weird. Yeah, it's not, I give the movie a not, seven. It's not effects. weird. I disagree with that take. It's not weird at all. I don't think it's weird to have made that choice. I think the angel doesn't look great overall because of the Uncanny Valley stuff. Like the For a movie that is largely not CG, that is very clearly CG, and it stands out, and it doesn't look great. The demons also don't look great. I also don't like the whole overall choice to make CG, them But that part's not CG, Jack. The angel is. very clearly not CG. The there, angel is absolutely def- enhanced with CG. There's enhanced. Oh, enhancement yeah, is different. But they're filming. They're filming a person. Yes. And they're, just they're filming a person and it on a set. Enha- well, that's well, important no, to note, though, Jack. It is important. To, like you're just saying, like that CG. It makes it sound like the angel CG. It's a dude who they've done an immense amount of I'm overusing immense now. A lot of like digital enhancement too. They filmed. But the there's person. no other way to call those effects other than those are CG effects, and I don't think they look great. Like to enhance the person in that I agree. way that puts it into no, the I agree. Yeah, it is CG enhancement. That's what it's they so did. crazy to stumble on something like this that like 
I got zero percent, and Jack got a lot of percent. That happened. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it this didn't did look not. Good this to me. did not yeah. resonate as uncanny for me. Like whatsoever. Zero. For me, the angel zero was a percent. really cool choice that they executed on poorly because it didn't look good to me. Um, also, the, poorly, the, okay. the monsters aren't CG at all, but I don't like the design or the execution of those monsters particularly well. You know They're what's like, actually? Fine. You know what's actually sort of funny about this is. Let's give it a year. I want Jack to watch watch this again and then weigh back in on this because I do kind of remember thinking the angel looked sort of weird. And now that I've watched it again, when you walk it in knowing what's totally coming, you're like, fine yeah. and cool. It, well, okay, because we all walk out knowing it's cool. So when you when you know what's coming, like maybe the, how cool the choice maybe is. Maybe and you then you're also through, like, like, fuck yeah, because like something about that angel gives me like the sensation of like, fuck yeah. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like, Choice tinted glasses. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, listener, I guess stay tuned for another, I don't know, 18 months. Maybe Jack will watch this again. 18 months, just as long as Fossil. it takes to do the fucking ritual. Hi-yo. <laughs> well, that's going to get us into overall, and we are well over two hours. So, Jake, what's your overall we're, score? We're not well over. You can cut some, bud. I think. I believe. Yeah, there was a substantial chunk of this. The I'm going to vamp for long enough. It's going to cut well down over. to like 148 for Hell sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, I gave this an eight and a half overall. Look, this is a really good movie. It's novel in its approach. It's captivating. It's dark. It's isolating. I'm going to use the word immense once more. It's immense, and it makes fucking choices. All of these things are things that I want in a slow burn horror. And I think like as this is now the third time that I've watched this, I'm really – I kind of – stumbled upon something that I really like about what I like in horror movies. And that's that this is about the best example I could give of a type of horror, of the type, the type of horror movie that I really like, but as is on record and I will stand by my favorite horror movie of all time. And I'm interested in the fact that you mentioned it at the start of this and I can't remember the context mark, but from dusk till dawn, those could not be more dissimilar, right? Like I like these polar opposites, and that's interesting to me. I don't have anything to add to that. But this is about the best example that I can think of of what I typically <laughs> like. And then I also like this thing that's like from dusk till dawn, Evil Dead 2. I wax poetic about that shit too in the lost episode. Maybe we'll get back to it. It's super curious. I gave it an eight and a half. There's a there's a psychological experiment that that Jake needs to conduct on himself as to why those two movies are his favorite. And frankly, I like these polar opposites and nothing in the middle. <laughs> I am <laughs> super excited to hear the results oh, <laughs> of God. that introspection. So am I. But in the meantime, Mark, what is your overall score? I gave it an eight as well. I I gave it an eight and a half. Importantly. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I guess I'm a slightly a little bit lower. I heard, misheard you. I I gave it an eight. This is. I, I really like this movie. If you were to put this movie on, it'd be fucking glued to the TV. But there's, like, I guess, to talk it down from a 10, which basically is the conversation we're having, is it's a slow enough burn and a specific enough movie that I think it, it, it hampers itself slightly in, as far as the overall, like, ability to recommend this to people. But aside from that, like, this is an incredible movie. It's such a fun and weird, and I love specificity when it works. And this movie gets that exactly right. Of It knows what it's trying to do, and it executes on it. And seeing that happen is so yeah. gratifying. So, I, yeah, clearly I above that. average. I agree with that. Now, fun is fun not is the one part I disagree with. Describe this movie. <laughs> I, look, I, I, I have done this many, many times. We, now at this point. we, we are twisted in the vi- look. 
We lead a hard life. <laughs> and abuse alcohol. Oh God! Uh, Look, we have. I dream of having this. a moped. It's I, not I've a fun, fun movie. It is. This I've is used not a fun, fun movie. many times okay. to describe my experience watching movies, and yeah. it's probably incorrect. This is. It not just a means you movie. enjoyed it. I enjoyed. Watching no it. parts of this were fun. Zero. I, actually, I gave it a seven. Thank you. I gave it a seven. Thank you. Thank you. Don't um, remember saying fun, but you okay. Did. Okay, Jack. <laughs> why did you give it a seven? Look, I, I think for me the. Not liking either character particularly well in the slating because it hit me a little harder than they hit you guys. Like it is a really cool thing, undeniably. The visual storytelling and sound design are amazing. It's a, it's a really good movie. It just the that doesn't quite all add up to me to be the same quality it does you guys. And obviously, Jake, it didn't leave me with that hollow feeling, which is like a, an experience I don't forget. Like when movies do leave you, I'm like so like you've been punched hollow, in the baby. gut. Mm-hmm. I'm so. <laughs> um, this one didn't do that. I, I wasn't left with many emotions. Like I, I, I don't think I'll think you about walk, this you again walked away and you're good. Bit. Yeah, um, which fine. you know, I don't, that's I don't... that's one of the things I kind of wanted to highlight. Though, Jack, you should try the... being more damaged. <laughs> oh, I'm plenty. I'm plenty damaged, Jake. <laughs> Two hundred and ten episodes uh, of this show will tell you I'm plenty damaged. <laughs> Maybe we're getting into the thumbs up, thumbs down section, but this is one of the few movies we've reviewed that I think gets better on repeated viewings. I actually enjoyed this more on the second rewatch. Or the first rewatch? The second viewing, first rewatch. <laughs> the 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 bi-weekly or semi-weekly Check. watch. Both of those um, mean the same thing, but yes. That's that joke I was doing, Mark, yes. Yeah. Um, so, Jake, are you giving this a thumbs up or a thumbs down? This is a thumbs up for me. I This is where, like I kind of alluded to during my overall score... I think even if you're not necessarily someone who would be like, yeah, I'm into the slow burn type horror, this is an example of slow burn horror that I think will still be interesting to you. So it's it's something that I will throw out there pretty much regardless of the type of fan you are, I guess. Like, look, I guess if you're not into horror at all, then no, it's a little bit of a deeper cut. But look at who we're talking to. Know your audience. Read the room. <laughs> All right, Mark, what about you? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs up. Interesting. This is actually a thumbs down for me for a couple of reasons. <laughs> my whole joke, I think my it's, whole it's joke hard... of just giving it a thumbs up and not saying anything was predicated on assuming that everybody was going to give this thumbs up because it's a great movie. Yeah, this is a bad I take. mean, it is a great movie, but it is, I think, going to be off-putting to a lot of people to throw in this much just like assumed background like this world that you're just tossed into without any explanation no hand no hand holding yeah add to that a sexual assault pretty early on in the movie and it's like i don't there's not a hard pretty, movie it's, to recommend it's to like people more than halfway yeah. in the movie i don't think it's more than halfway but and also it's weird for you to be so stuck on the sexual assault scene in a fucking it horror was, movie it was really i mean it was it really doesn't fit in the rest. It's really gratuitous and weird. <laughs> it is yeah. weird. It is. I mean, weird. it's super weird, but I can't shit on a horror movie for making a, th- a gratuitous weird scene happen. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, hey, remember that time we reviewed Terrifier? <laughs> I mean, look, that whole movie is gratuity. That's what I the get movie it. You're, you're shitting on the total inconsistency, but the fact that there's one scene in the movie that is totally inconsistent, potentially... Like I, I, I don't know who I'm recommending this to other than you guys. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I've recommended this to a lot of people, and frankly, when my, my parents actually just drove through town the other day, and I was tempted to watch this with them because it's, I think it's a good enough movie. Ugh. It's a good enough just base drama that even people who don't like horror itself 
would find this interesting, if not a little bit weird. This might require a scientific study. Yeah. Sure might. Okay, if I do my thesis and if I get take my master's in horror film you from should do that. a university. Where, my <laughs> master's in horror film. What? Yeah. What university <laughs> offers a major in that? Listener, let me know what, what university I should go to in order to make that happen. Also, Jake, you don't major in a master's program, but either way, we should yeah, just get exactly. the fuck you out don't. of here. It's time to get out of here. As I'm someone a master with a master's a degree, program. I should probably fucking know that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You got to brand it. Oh, shit. Okay. Let's leave. This has been episode 210 of the A to Z Horrorcast. If you like what you're hearing and you want to come check out what we have going on, head on over to A to Z Horror.com or come hang out with us in any of our social media channels. Those links are going to be right down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, we have a Patreon. If you're still here hanging out, could be a good option. But just know that that money right now is going to somewhere that actually needs it. For the foreseeable future, we're going to continue donating all the money that's coming through Patreon to Feeding America. So, hey, you get the same great benefits that you would anyway, but you'll know that money's going to a good cause. Give it a consideration, huh? As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. Their link is going to be down there in the description below as well. And next week, we are going back to our Patreon member movie selections with a big old change of pace because I think we need it after a movie like this. How about Urban Legend? That's coming at us from Leslie, her recommendation. That's going to be roughly one week from today. And until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. Are you doing some role play right now? What's happening?